sound is, is, is proper. Let me know if my sound is proper. Get this thing going. It's a lot to cover, and I mean a lot, like a lot, a lot. Listen, man. Listen, man. Um, I got Errol Spence. I got Errol Spence. Errol Spence gets blood out of his body. Him. I got. I got. Let me. How can I say this? Spence either TKO by the tenth or unanimous decision over Bud. Yeah, Spence. Spence TKO by the tenth. Or unanimous decision over Bud. Finally going to just shut all these Bud supporters up. Finally about to shut all these Terrence Crawford supporters the hell up. Errol Spence is a wrecking machine. Big Pontiac, what are your thoughts on Errol Spence versus Terrence Bud Crawford? Uh-uh. Low sound? Sounds low? Hold on. Okay, hold on. Is that better? Let me know if that's better. Let me know if that's better. Sound good now? Sound good? Okay. We good? We good? We good? All right. All right. All right. Dark Max was like, sound low, bro. It's like, fuck. <coughs> yeah. I got Errol Spence t- TKO 10th, man. Yeah. Get that nigga out of here. Get Bud up out of here. All right. Uh, oh, 
Oh, where do I go? But smokes him. Are you kidding? Chris, you have to be trolling me at this point. You have to be trolling me at this point. Please tell me you're trolling me at this point. You really don't believe. Okay, Bud has a puncher's chance. But out of 10 fights, Arrow, Arrow wins 7 to 8 out of 10. Come on, man. Bud sleeps him. You really believe this? You really believe Bud beats Spence? Man, yeah, Crawford is technically sound, but Spence is a he's a wrecking machine, man. He's a wrecking machine. Come on, man. I'm not I don't drink. I don't drink. Sorry. No. So they got a rematch clause. They both get low, low seven figures. They haven't revealed how much who's getting what, but low seven figures, rematch clause within 30 days. And uh, I forget the other stipulations of the fight, but this is the most money Terrence Crawford will ever make in a fight. Let me just say that. This is the most money Terrence Crawford will ever make in his professional fighting career. This is the most money he'll ever make, and that's thanks to PBC. Terrence Crawford will never make as much money as he will with this fight, and that's thanks to PBC. Nobody will pay Bud Crawford the monies that PBC has paid him for this fight. He'll never see a paycheck this big again. Hate Al, Al Heyman and, and, and uh, uh, Leonard Ellerby all you want. <laughs> Outside of Canelo with the zone, nobody makes more money than PBC fighters. It's, it, it is, I had no affinity, but it is what it is. Yes, yeah, should have signed a PBC in the first fucking place. Exactly. Come on, man. PBC getting a pop and yeah, yeah. see, we talk black unity and, and all, you know, black, black, black. All right. I'm supporting the, the black businessmen, right? These guys are Don King on steroids. Come on, man. Bob Aram on his way out and uh crazy boy with, with the zone. I forget his name. He, he's a cokehead. De La Hoya is all over the place. You know, he regrets giving uh, Canelo all that money. Yeah, PBC been running it. Been running it. <laughs> can't be. Can't be. <laughs> Crawford will never see a paycheck this big outside of anybody else outside of PBC. Never. He'll never, he'll never have it this good. Ever. 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 Ever, you know, I wanted to see the, I wanted to see him fight Pacquiao too. He would have destroyed Pacquiao. We're talking old man Pacquiao at this point. I would have wanted to see that fight too. See, here we go, man. Come on, man. You just hate PBC. I'm with the brothers. I'm with the brothers. They they get the most pay per views. They got the most straps. The fighters on average make the most money on average. Come on, man. Here's what it is. It's all good, though. It's all good. It's all good. All right. 
what do we wish it where what are we gonna go first? Where are we gonna go first? I have a lot of things I could oh you know what? I know what I'm gonna do. Let me let me come back to uh let me come back to Oh, did I have it? Did I move it? Where is it? Like where's that picture at? Oh man, don't tell me I put it in the trash. Okay, it's not in the trash. I moved it around somewhere. Okay, hold up. I moved it around somewhere. Y'all, I can't even find a damn picture. I had the picture. What the hell? See? It's that bullshit. I can't even find what I'm looking for. Oh, there it is. There it is. Okay, here we go. Here we go. All right, let me get back to, I have to get back to Little Mermaid just one time, y'all. Just, just because. All right, listen. These are the sisters in Little Mermaid. These are all Ariel's sisters, okay? Now, listen, this picture does not do these women no justice. I'm telling you, these women on camera are beautiful. The only one I had a question about was the yellow one. Okay, now, now that I look at this picture, the one in pink looks kind of, suspect but i'm telling you on film they are all stunning this, especially the, the black one lord have mercy i mean her skin literally shimmers like she glows right the african sister right and um but the one in yellow here is the one i was questioning like ooh, i don't know about this one they probably snuck this one in they probably snuck this one in but then it's now look at this one in pink. See, the one in pink didn't look bad on film. Now I look at it on the picture. I'm like, mm, you know what? Let's do this. Let's go look up who played these. Who are the women that played the sisters? Let me look up. Who played Ariel's sisters? Here we go. Okay. I want pictures of them though. And give me pictures, yo. Oh crap, crap, crap. Yeah, see this is the original these are the original sisters, right? These are the original. These are the original. Get that out of here. Blah. Okay. Oh, here we go. We got it. Got it. See, Simone Ashley is Indira. This is the one I had questions about on camera. When I seen it, when I, you know, this is the one I had questions about. I mean, listen, you just had to see her, right, on film. I was like, man, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. She looks kind of, but you know, any woman that looks strong in the face will automatically give her the side eye, which we shouldn't, which we shouldn't, which we shouldn't. Chris, it's not going to work, bruh. PBC runs boxing. Sorry. PBC is the best boxing promoter in boxing has been for the last five, seven, damn 10 years, man. Sorry, bruh. Sorry. This is the, this is the fine one right here. Sienna King. This is a gorgeous woman. This is a beautiful woman. Beautiful woman. Beautiful woman. 
Carolina Concha, this is the the Asian Mala. Right? Now even Mala looks kind of crazy in the face. I don't know. Uh Natalie Sorrell, Caspia. Okay, okay. Yeah, she looks uh, like a Viking right here. Kasia Muhammad, she looks like very Viking-esque. No shade, no diss. You know? You know? This one here, this now I got to question this one. Lorena Andrea. Do you know what? Man, y'all gonna make me do a deep dive on this. Let me find this motherfucker trans. Hold up, man. Let me find out this motherfucker trans. She's a British. Okay, what does that mean? What does that mean? Is she trans though? Uh, speak Spanish, Colombia. Okay, it's fluent English, Spanish. Okay, let's blah 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 blah. I don't know, bro. We had to do this. Okay, let's do it. Let's just do the the dumb the dumb ask is. And you're in trans. Let's just do it. Okay, so here's what they say. And then is she trans? They say isn't transgender. However, some fans have noted she owned manly physical features. Uh, okay, so they're gonna say she's a woman. I mean, like you, you know, I, okay, it's cool. Yes. I guess. Let's see some more pictures of her. Let's see more pictures of her. Images. <sighs> Bruh. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Y'all, we're not gonna. Are we? We still. This is what we. Okay. This is what we're doing, huh? So we just gonna deny. We're gonna do like the government. Don't confirm nor deny. Yeah, we, we already broke that down. Uh one of the hookers was was trans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh oof. Ooh, shit. I don't know, y'all. I don't know. Getting scary. Getting spooky out here. Oof. Looking spooky. Getting spooky. Oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> until somebody <laughs> comes up with a smoking gun. I, bro, I don't know. I man, listen, okay. I, I <laughs> looks like I was worried about the wrong one. Looks like I was worried about the wrong one. Yeah. See, yeah. That looks like woman, woman. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Uh, but clearly, you know, I, I don't know, y'all. That old Disney magic. I don't know. Okay. I had to, I wanted to bring, mention the sisters cause you know, uh, okay. 
I have so many stories to cover, y'all. Like it's 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 unreal. We're gonna walk down. We're gonna walk them all down. We're going to walk them all down. So many wild stories. Okay. Hey, it's a bro. <laughs> it's a bro. It's a bro. Hey, man. I'm just don't yeah, don't confirm nor deny. Shit gets spooky. All right, let's do this. Where should I oh one more one more little mermaid uh tidbit? I didn't know this till like towards the end. So for those who've seen it, when this is when she went to the village, right? She went with Pr- Prince Eric on a on a carriage ride and she snuck off into she went to the village. This Does anybody know who that woman is? This woman is. Does anybody know who this woman is? This is the original Ariel. This is the the original Ariel. This is the one who sung and voiced the character Ariel. This is the original. So what you have here is the symbolic passing of the torch. Right, because um, in the movie she collects artifacts, so she calls the fork a small trident. She didn't know what a fork was. It's like, oh, why? I didn't know humans had tridents this small. She thinks it's a trident, like her father's staff trident, right? And so then Scuttle's like, oh, I know what that is. That's a it's a dingle hopper. They use it to do their hair. But this is the f- the official passing of the torch, right? That's her. That's why. That's the original Ariel, y'all. Still a good movie. Still a good movie. I mean, it's a, I may have to walk back that billion because it's looking kind of sketchy. But if it has legs, we're good to go. If it, if this thing can make forty to sixty million, forty to sixty mil a week, it, they'll let it. They'll let, it, it'll have legs. So we got we got to wait for drop off numbers. Then we got to see what everybody else does their first week. Transformers and and um, Flash and, and Spider Verse. Um, it's crowded, crowded. I wish they'd have dropped this thing during Mother's Day in May. It's crowded. It's a crowded summer movies are, are crowded. I, I don't know what Disney was thinking dropping it amongst all these movies in June. You know. Yeah, I don't know what. I don't know what they were thinking. Okay. Yo, you know what? Every everybody's um everybody that has a negative story or report about they always use make her eyes look crazy. I don't like that shit. I don't, I personally don't like it. You know, bad enough black woman. Nah, man, hey, you gotta you gotta cash at me, bro. YouTube being YouTube. Um, so I don't like when they everyone does the whole fishy crazy eye thing with her. I don't like that. Um, also, I, I would say t- to a certain demographic of people, keep uh, take notice that um, outside of America, 
you're not very you're not liked a, a whole lot right black female led movies don't do well internationally so let that take note so this movie is doing horribly everywhere outside of the u.s every market every territory low low numbers low low numbers so once again uh it, it holds true that black american women just don't translate well overseas when they're the the lead in a movie i hate to say it and this is a great movie um fortunately it's, this movie's gonna suffer it's gonna suffer crowded crowded field in june international markets are rejecting this movie shit you know so she got uma thurman eyes <laughs> i'm not gonna go see the blackening that looks so stupid you're gonna go see that shit i'm not i'm not gonna see the blackening i'm good that just looks super silly but i mean to each his own you know to each his own i had no i had no desire to, to watch that okay let's do this the NBA, you know, the NBA is rigged, right? Shout out to, shout out to Big Pontiac. He's been saying it for years and years. We've all chimed in. So this is the burner account from the NBA ref. It was supposedly NBA ref Eric Lewis, right? This thing is, this whole script thing is blowing up so bad that the NBA is actually trying to find out who owns this account. All right, it's crazy right now. It's crazy right now. So let's do this. Yeah, rig like a mug. Listen, I don't even I don't even bother debating anybody. If people still believe sports is, you know, best man, best man, take winner, whatever, take I I, I don't even I don't waste my time. So before we get to the burner account, what was said, so let's go to the NBA. They're actually investigating this. Okay. So the NBA opens investigation into referee over potential use of burner account. Now, when Tim Donahue told y'all us 15, 20 years ago, the NBA was rigged. I, people were like, ah, no, 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 no. He's crazy. He's mad. He's bitter. Let's go. So the league's opening an investigation into veteran, Eric, uh, veteran referee Eric Lewis over the potential use of a burner Twitter account that responded several times to messages that had been critical of him and other NBA officials. The question, the accounting question is Cutliff Blair has been momentarily deleted after the potential leak to Lewis had been discovered, but it was when then active once again, as of Monday morning, uh, the NBA investigation is likely looking into the violation of a rule that prohibits referees from publicly commenting on officiating matters without proper league approval. Lewis could face discipline uh, from the league. All right, so Lewis is in his 19th season. He's officiated more than 1,000 games and nearly 100 playoff games. He officiated his first NBA Finals game in 2019. So they're already outing him as the one. Okay, so let's go over what was said. You know, I'll pull it up on my own. I got my own. So uh, according to ESPN, uh, his last assignment came on May 16th in the Western Conference Finals. Between the Lakers and Nuggets, the most recent message from Blair Cutleaf, uh, Cutliff, uh, account dated May 25th is a reply to another user claiming that the account belongs to Lewis's older brother. 
This is Mark Lewis. The message reads, right, family, older brother. I'm sorry that I put E in this situation, but this isn't Watergate. You're right. The account will be coming down. Twitter should not be this vindictive. Sorry to inconvenience you. Okay. So let's go off what he said. Allegedly what he said in the screen grab. Now, this is the account in question. Blair Cutliffe. <laughs> let's go over these messages real quick. Let's go over these messages. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, okay. Someone says, okay, wait. So I said, rank every NBA official. When I hit a hundred, I've hit a hundred here at the list of the best NBA officials. Right. Okay. So Blair responds. So you watch every referee. Uh, okay. So then someone says, why was everyone going crazy about Chris Paul being like 0 and 11 in games officiated by Scott Foster, but no one cares about LeBron having a whole 0 and 82 in games officiated by Eric Lewis. Blair responds just like they not talking about Smurfs taking over London. He says that shit ain't true. Stop spreading lies. Get hell out of here. Okay, so let's continue. So then Lakers being swept, but no Eric Lewis. Uh, Blair responds, don't think he was ever the problem. King Nihilus says, I think it's hilarious Eric Lewis got exposed as a Celtics fan and is and now he getting zero assignments. But then Blair responds, yeah, he worked game one Denver LA. Okay. So then they go over this ref and then Blair responds. Could he possibly have a second whistle in his pocket? Then Dennis throws him the original. Okay, just look at the FTA disparity. It's all there in black and white. He responds, I can't argue that. I would have I would have to look at the fouls, all based on jump shots versus drives. Same in Warriors versus Lakers. Warriors perimeter team where Lakers play at the basket. Truth is, Denver better overall team. They've shown it all year. Number one seed ain't easy. Okay, this one says, I had no problem saying that that wasn't a foul on Schroeder. The difference is Jokic is the best player in the world, and Diaz is butt juice. And, okay, uh, this is why people say the NBA is rigged, and it is. This was the fourth foul called on the Denver Nuggets best player, Nikola Jovic, putting him in foul trouble and on the bench. The NBA is making sure the Lakers win this game, all part of the script. Okay, the NBA must be furious for having uh, that their rigged plans for a Celtics Lakers final didn't materialize. In fact, these players unwilling to follow the plan, especially Nikola Jokic and Jimmy Butler, will probably be fined. Okay, Her Gordon says literally no one thought uh, that should have been a fourth foul on Jokic. Stop covering for your favorite team. Refs got two fouls each on key players for Denver in the first quarter. Blair says, I don't give a fuck about either team. You, you responded to me. Your accusations don't have merit. What about the foul called on Dennis in game one? I don't think that's a foul, but no one claimed conspiracy then. And then this one says, this should, have, this should clearly be overturned. Nikola Jokic didn't come anywhere close to even lightly grazing Anthony Davis. 
he puts up a, a link. Okay. Joel Rush says, then again, I'm not a NBA conspiracy, uh, conspiracy theorist, but it's stuff like this that convinces fans that the fix is in. He says, so you are saying there were no fouls called against the Lakers in uh, this series with the same contact. How about go to game one when Lakers challenged Dennis's foul on Murray and it was up, upheld. Same contact. Fuck out of here. This person says, don't think the NBA is rigged. Here is Los Angeles Laker Dennis Schroeder literally walking with the ball while talking to the ref and no call was made. You can't walk while dribbling. Yeah, Lakers 03, but we discovered a lot of counter adjustments tonight. Devin Ham and him uh, had him right where he wants him. Still think it's uh, the ref's fault. Okay, okay. It's funny because they probably got a little helper uh, or two on of their own. Cough, cough, cough. Okay, okay, okay. Uh oh, laughing my ass off. The real record all time with Eric Lewis is 54 and 29, which is still effing insane. Smells like corruption. Not sure if that's true either. Pretty sure there are other refs with similar stats with top teams. Smells like nothing to sniff. <laughs> I do not trust this guy. He should not. Uh, allowed to be officiate any games again you shouldn't trust twitter or this guy tweeting false stats they got y'all fooled okay okay i want an official investigation don't want eric lewis or tony brothers as our refs they need to investigate you how you make false accusations okay eric lewis should not be the ref <laughs> uh oh here we go I'm calling for the resignation of NBA ref referee Eric Lewis, who is 100% compromised and must at least be banned from officiating Heat Celtics games. Watch his reaction as Jimmy Butler hits the late dagger. Just how much money did he have riding on this game? Okay, well, let's see this. Let's see his reaction. Oh, is it not going to let me do it? Okay, let's do it. Oh, come on, don't do that. Oh, that was his reaction. Oh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, you got this call wrong. How about you call for your own resigna resignation? That's not Eric Lewis. That's Rodney Mott. Oops, fits you. Man, this dude is trolling heavy. And the flagrant foul on Russell and not counting the, the putback by 80. That's six to eight points. Along with Ron losing a dunk and missing a reverse uncontested layup. That's four back. Tony Brothers getting under table money from Eric Lewis. Lakers fans always complaining about the refs. Show where those two refs consistently cheated, y'all. Okay, okay, this is this is getting juicy. Wait, 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 wait. I, I, I wait, wait, what do you say? I rarely complain about officiating because it's largely pointless. But missed calls are directly resulting in transition points for Denver. AD needs to stop being soft. Jokic literally fully extends and pushes AD in midair, causing the miss as the ref has a perfect view. Sorry, this is not a foul. Stop trying to make excuses. Show us plays that were missed and you benefited from. If you want to referee, then don't be biased. The same thing you're complaining about referees the same way you're acting. Okay, straight BS. The NBA trying their hardest to get Denver to the finals. They gave us the two refs that won't call shit for us the first two games. How we get Eric Lewis and Tony Brothers and nobody say this ain't rigged. Fuck out of here. Yeah, blame it all. Blame it on them, man. Man, Denver flat out beat y'all. Guess Lakers need the refs to give them shit to win. 
How about stop Joker and Murray? Lakers Nation funniest shit. Right. They're the number one seed with a crazy Vegas line showing they are the favorites and they got Eric Lewis and Tony Brothers to officiate the first two games. What more do you want? Hold your players accountable. Refs had nothing to do with y'all losing. Laker Nation blame shifting. Get uh, glad Eric Lewis and Tony Brothers games are out of the way. Lakers still blaming refs. Y'all played the number one team in the NBA and they don't get any credit. Y'all funny. Uh-oh. Eric Lewis's family are Celtics fans. The Celtics are 37-3 in games officiated by Eric Lewis. The NBA has serious con uh, conflict of interest, but they don't care. That's not true. That's why they don't speak on it. Uh-oh. Lakers are 0-3 when Eric Lewis refs. I think it's a valid question. You even got women in this. Uh, 1-2 Memphis game 1. Y'all won on the road. Uh, Golden State game 2 lost. Denver game one lost. Stop posting fake stats on the ref just to, to justify your complaints. Games y'all lost. Look at how y'all play. Summed it up right there. Uh, he had valid points when refs we got because whenever Eric Lewis refs a Lakers game, the Lakers lose just like last night. Y'all lost because they outplayed y'all. Guess Eric put y'all down 20 and had a triple double. <laughs> Oh my goodness. This is crazy. Uh oh. Nah, that dude above is Eric Lewis who did game seven Celtics Sixers and also uh game one Lakers Nuggets that uh last night and uh, game two Lakers Warriors. Strange coincidence coincidence, Celtics won, Lakers lost all three of those games. Um your math is wrong, they lost two. Uh oh, this referee was not happy with Jimmy Butler making his layup. Is that the dude who's wearing a Celtics jersey at home before the Philly game? Also, Eric never wore a C's jersey. That was fake. How much did that ref lose? His name is Eric Lewis. Huge, huge Celtics fan. That's not him. This is the famously Celtic loving ref. Is it not? That's definitely not Eric Lewis. That's number 77. It's the principle that matters. You know what principle is the fact you believe fake news by the Lake Show and Snoop. Investigate it before you condemn. His Celtic record proves it though. Bro, that Celtic record was fake news, yet you believe what you want to push your narrative. Investigate your source. Okay. That T had no bearing if you lost by one. It was in the second quarter. There's no point. Only thing matters is what happens in the fourth. Points come and go just like missed free throws and turnovers or missed defensive assignments or not getting a rebound. First three quarters are just that. It's crazy that NBA fans compete which refs favor certain teams, but the league can't shake in my head because it's a fake stat and they're trying to make uh, fake news real. Lake show is a joke. Harden one in 14 and Scott Foster officiated games. Celtics are 34 and two and Eric Lewis officiated games and his family full of Celtics fans. 
NBA isn't isn't even hiding its rigged. Yeah, and Lewis shot fifty one points. Yo, this shit is crazy. Wow. Okay. Yeah, man. Ooh. Even just the, the level of trolling. Even the level of trolling out here is is uh is wild. Yo, it's his partner, um, Caesar. So Caesar's been mentioned in a couple lawsuits, but not Envy. But Envy, you know, that's his partner. But to be fair to D- DJ Envy, Envy has not been involved or mentioned in any lawsuits. It's strictly Caesar. Everybody's after Caesar. But guilty by association. <sighs> and uh, so everyone's, you know. But to be fair, once again, Envy has not been named and not been mentioned in, in any paperwork. Uh, uh, okay. Where shall I go next? Okay, got that out of here. You know what? Let's just get into this. This is an L for everybody. I don't even understand what, what took place here, but... Morning. We now know the identity of the teenager shot and killed in Clarksdale, Mississippi. The mother says the victim was her 15-year-old son. And Fox 13 Sheila O'Connor joining us now live from downtown. The mother says it was a former Clarksdale police officer that killed her son, Sheila. Yeah, that's right, Ernie. All of the new details that we have for you this morning, this is all according to the mother. Now, the mother says the victim is her son, 15-year-old Cornelius McGee Jr. We do have a picture of him. Let's go ahead and bring that up so you can see what this young man looked like. This all happened yesterday in Clarksdale, Mississippi. Now, the mother telling us that her son was in a relationship with the former Clarksdale police officer's daughter and that apparently that former police officer had warned her son of what he would do if he had ever found him in his house again. So, it's- so Popton already told you what time it is. So, Baton, see, this is the this is the problem that dad daughters have. So, dad daughters daughters will put the dads in these these compromised positions. So she wants to be hot in the ass, right? She wants to be hot in the ass, and she's she's feeling herself. She's in heat. She's sneaking boys in her room. He catches the boy. He told the boy, "Listen, regardless of how fast my daughter is." If I catch you here, I'm going to shoot you. Now, with that being said, who's at fault? Let's continue. It seems like he may have been in their house one time before prompting that off former officer to, to give that 
teen some kind of warning. The mother says that the officer's daughter is actually the one who snuck her son into their home and the uh, former police officer found the two teens uh, in the daughter's bedroom. Shortly after that, they both started running from the house. Next door was a neighbor who was actually a friend of the mother's son. Uh, he was trying to get to that neighbor's house, trying to climb a fence. And that's when the mother says the former officer shot her son in the back. He ain't got nothing. Why would you shoot him in his back with his back turned? The boy died over, died over that. Regardless, this is this is the ultimate dilemma of of dad daughters, daughter dads. Yes. Our daughters can be the biggest horrors on the planet, right? But as long as they live under our roof, right, there's rules and regulations, right? So if my daughter is, is bold enough and, and hot enough to sneak boys in her room and I catch the boy, I tell the boy, listen, she's in heat. Don't let her get you jammed up. If she's not worth dying over. But if I catch you here, I'm going to do something to you. And if you're stupid enough to listen to the siren's call to sneak back into this man's house, I don't feel bad for this. I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad. What are you, what are you going to do at this point? Yeah, you willing to die over, the, over the, I hope it was worth it. I hope it was worth it. I don't feel bad. Now, again, there are still a lot of questions surrounding this case. We do not know just yet if that former Clarksdale police officer is going to be charged with anything. We don't even know his identity just yet. The Mississippi Bureau of Investigation, they are taking over this case, but they are not calling this an officer-involved shooting. Now, the mother says that that former officer was with Clarksdale Police just three weeks ago. Clarksdale Police, though, would not confirm that, again, only calling him a former police officer. Ernie? Yeah, so a lot to be, uh, a lot of questions to be answered still on this one, Sheila O'Connor. Once again, I see things a little different. I see things a little different. If you are dumb enough to risk your life over my hot in the ass daughter after I've warned you, if you come back here again, I'm going to hurt you badly. And if you're dumb enough to do it, exactly. You did it to yourself. Now nah, I ain't no, come on, slide. What you talking about? That's called breaking and entering. It's called breaking and entering. It's called breaking and entering. Who's dumb enough to go back into the house of the man that caught you the first time and he told you flat out, if I catch you back here again, I'm going to do something to you. If you're that stupid to play that game, congratulations. You played yourself. Congratulations, you played yourself. Hell yeah, he did it to himself. I hope it was worth it. I bet you he won't do it again. I said, I bet you he won't do it again. <laughs> yeah, now you, now you chilling with, 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 with me, ma, and papa in the upper room. Now you chilling with me, ma, and papa in the upper room. I hope it was, I hope it was worth it, homie. I hope it was worth it. Now you in the upper room. <laughs> yeah. Of course they both their fault, but at the end of the day, that, that young man chose to re-enter 
hostile situation, hostile territory. You went into the kill box. That man told you fr- first. He did you a solid. He didn't. He didn't beat you up the first time. He could have. He could have beat you the fuck up. You know what I'm saying? He could have said, "Oh my god, intruder!" Pop, 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 mag dump. Right? My daughter's being attacked. Mag dump. He could have done all that. No, no, no. He gave you a solid. He, he told you what time it was. I bet you. I hope it was worth it. I hope it was worth it. Once again, doesn't matter if my daughter is is the town harlot. Still my daughter. You're going to pay the price, not her. You're going to pay the ultimate price, not her. Now you up there with me, mom, peep, and, and papa. And they look at you like, what, what would you do? What you do? What you done did up here? Uh, me, mom, papa, um, what had happened? Nah, we saw what had happened. All right? I don't feel bad. Yeah, now you're chilling in the upper room, right? Now we got to look make a little altar to your little dumbass, put your little picture with the little candles. <laughs> I hope it was worth it. I'm telling you, you won't do it again. I'm telling you what's happening. I bet you he won't do it again. All right, all right. Let's keep it going. Bad behavior, bad behavior, bad behavior. Yo, listen, it's everywhere, y'all. Doesn't matter the race, class, ethnicity, nationality, what state you're living in. You have grown folks out here seeking um, and and willingly participating in sex with teenagers. An assistant principal at Edwardsville High School is accused of criminal sexual assault involving a 17-year-old victim. Jeez. Uh, She was charged Wednesday with two counts of criminal sexual assault, both Class 1 felonies. Her bond was set at $250,000. All right, uh, let's see. Chief Michael Philback stated the charges allege that Foley held a position of trust, authority, or supervision in relation to the 17-year-old victim, being that she was an assistant principal and his assigned mentor. So she's grooming this boy. She's grooming this boy. According to court records, the first count against Foley alleges that she committed an act of sexual penetration on the victim between her sex organ and the 17-year-old sex organ. The second count alleges that Foley committed an act of sexual penetration on the victim between her mouth and his sex organ. It is a crime when adults in positions of trust, authority, and supervision over our views, let alone uh, their own students, manipulate that power dynamic for sex. We take such crimes seriously and prosecute them accordingly. Okay. Uh, The school district said we are aware that a district number seven employee has been criminally charged. There is no greater priority than the health, safety and welfare of our students. To that end, district seven fully cooperates with local law enforcement. Anytime there's an investigation with which may involve district seven student or staff member. District number seven cannot comment further on personal matters. According to her teaching license, Foley has endorsements as a school social worker issued in 2002, grades pre-kindergarten through age 22, for general administrative issued in 2005 for grades kindergarten through 12, and for superintendent duties issued in 2020 for pre-kindergarten through grade 12. And listen. This woman is 50. She's 50. He's 17. 
He's she's fifty. He's she's fifty. He's seventeen. It, listen, it doesn't even matter who, what, where, why. Everybody's at risk. Everybody's at risk. This is insane, man. Insane. Okay. Insane. Am I at time wise? I'm at 47 minutes. All right, I'm doing pretty good. Can we get to uh I know what I want to do? Let's do this, y'all. Is it cheaper? Is it cheaper to keep her? I, I ask all the brothers, is it cheaper to keep her? This guy here. <sighs> is it cheaper to keep her? Don't be this guy. Fellas, don't be this guy. And I'm a, we're going to point out why you don't want to be this guy. Um, don't be this guy. And, and what I mean by that. Oh, you know what? Let's just get into it. I'll, I'll give you my, I'll give you my assessment with each video, but this guy acts just like a woman, right? You know how women get when they catch you in something and they just want you to confess, even though they have all of the evidence in front of them, they just want a confession and you don't give them a confession, right? Fellas, when your woman, when your woman catches you, she catches you, catches you jammed up and you just refuse to admit it. Even though she has the pictures, the videos, the text messages, satellite positioning, uh, grid coordinates, right? She wants you to admit that you did it. And you're like, nah, I ain't do it. Or nah, hey, you see what you you see what it is, right? And she, and she still wants you just to say what you did. Don't don't be like this, guys. Don't be like the women. That's what women do. That's what women do. Let's get into this. Let's get into this. I want to blow it up. I want to blow it up. You ready? Don't be this guy. And we're going to, and I'm going to ask you, is it cheaper for him to keep her? There you go. There you go. And the guy she don't know nothing about, this him. <laughs> what up, Cher? <laughs> Yep, my wife and the guy she's cheating on me with. Really? Who's he? She ain't cheating on you. Yes, bro. she is. She's no, I'm not. Yes, I am is. talking to Why him. Why she sneaking away with a guy she don't know nobody? She don't know you, right? Oh, she know me. I know yes. she know you because she was at your house at two in the morning. That's uh -oh. okay. Uh -oh. Her sneaking over here is okay. Where's our daughter? Ah, uh, she's at. Where's my our sisters. daughter? She's at. Where's my our sisters. daughter? And we're going to get back to the daughter part as part of my reason as to why I would ask, is it cheaper to keep her? Let's continue. Because she out here with you, bro. She's at my sister's. And why you all up on him? I am here talking to him as a friend. I say, why I you all up on him? I am here talking. Okay, let's get to the next one. Next clip. Next clip. Talking to him as a friend a friend that you cheating on me with oh my you ain't got God. no business being with no dude this late and he know that as a man bro you know that let me right what, what am i right though on? am i right i just want to make sure all us protected man i don't because she already done tried a nonsense listen don't be asking the dude for confirmation 
says, why don't even do that. Don't do that. Once again, this dude is handling this situation extremely wrong. But let's continue. She been cheating on me before, and now she caught again, and she got can't. So you already caught her cheating on you before. This is why I'm asking: Is it cheaper to keep her? Let's go. He ain't lie, bro. Y'all all cheating. I didn't even know you existed. So she didn't tell you, you knocked on my door. So she didn't tell you she was married. Told me that y'all wasn't together. Oh. You told oh. him that? I don't know anything. Oh, look at her face. This is you ain't tell him nothing about 11 years. That's why your ring lost. First of all, have you ever heard 11 of, years you've been married. Oh. 11 years you've been married. Have you ever heard of a he friend? He ain't even a friend that don't even know you married. That you didn't know. You just told me the other day you don't even know him. Why are you following You me said around? you ain't know him. Because I know you cheating. Because I know you cheating. By the way, this is one of the places I like to come look. And I actually sure. like to come sit here. Oh, yeah. You I come here plenty of times. I came here earlier. Sure. I was wondering if you come to Atlanta. talking to him as a friend. I'm here. So I, know you, 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 I knew you was going to be riding you somewhere. You don't know where I go. I knew you was riding somewhere. You don't know where I go. Are you like, done? Like it's cool. No, nah, I'm just making sure I got all the evidence make I need. Sure. So when you get to court, you make can't sure. lie no more. I don't even know him. Sure. So you her friend, but she don't even know you, bro. Now, now, here's my thing with the side dude. Why are you still here, bro? Just leave. Right. He, in my opinion, he takes too long to leave. Now, listen, we've all been a side dude. We've all had the times when the a husband or the, the, the number one comes through, you know what you do as a side dude? Be like, you know what? I'm out. You just leave. Because the longer you stay, the greater the chance he may turn his anger towards you because he's not going to beat her up. He's going to beat you up. Even though that's kind of against the code, you know, you, you, you get mad at the person that did it, not the person, you know what I'm saying? The side person. So side dude doing too much. He should have left. He said, oh, this your husband. Oh, you know what? I'm out. No, no fuss, no muss. But he stayed here. He hung around too long. Ain't nothing in the, the conversation. I'm like, hey, y'all work that out. I didn't know my bad. And be out. But let's continue. I even know you. A married woman out here this late. And she think it's cool. And you know it ain't cool, bruh. Like 11 you. years of being faithful to this woman. Retired from the military, bought a house in her hometown, moved here to be a good husband because she's from here. My family in Georgia, bro. I moved here for her. Bought her a house. That truck she drove up here, you see you with? Now, this is part of my reason as to why I think it's just cheaper for him to keep her. We'll, we'll, we'll let the, place, the rest play out. Because now you're openly bragging about what you do for her, how much you take care of her. This going to come back to, to bite you in the ass when she asks for alimony. But let's continue. Uh, um, you know who bought that and made every payment on that motherfucker? Me. I'm up here to see my sister. Because she a gold digger. I'm up here to see my sister. You ain't got no business being here with no other man. You're a married woman. I'm not see, all that SBE. You married to me. You out here doing me. She listen. Someone put the hashtag in there. They don't. They don't care. They know and they don't care. This is not how you do it, y'all. Yeah, yeah. She gonna get half that pension. She gonna get half that pension. But let's continue. See up here to see my. You sister. a married woman. You up here to see your sister. He don't. I'm here. So I know you. I knew you was gonna be riding you somewhere. You don't know where I go. I knew you was okay, riding somewhere. You don't let's know continue. where let's I. Continue. Let's continue. Look like your sister. Your sister house that way. I'm in. Your sister house that way. In. What you doing here with another man? And then you was all up on him. He a friend? You a married woman. You ain't got no business being here with him. 
And then I got to be the good person and not do nothing crazy. So I don't go to jail. Everything in me saying I should, but I'm not. It ain't even worth it, bro. If you want the whole haver, because that's what she is. You don't sit here and cheat on nobody who been faithful to your ass for 11 years. <laughs> and you think it's fucking cool. Who thinks it's cool? You do, because you're still here. What kind of fucked up shit is this? And he think it's cool. I don't think it's Bro, cool. Bro, you, knew, I, you knew she was married. You knew when I came to your dope she was married. Yeah, then I knew. And you still coming to meet her. Uh, you ever how many times y'all done met since then? None. You, you None. tell me you ain't know him. You said you, None. how many people live uh -huh. in your house, bro? Just me. Just you. Thank you. Me. How many people was there at night I came? Well, just me. And her, right? Mm -hmm. Why was she in your house till two in the morning, bro? Y'all wasn't having sex? You got to talk to her about that. Oof. Ooh, don't, why, why? That is not how you handle a cheating spouse. Guys, men, that's not how you handle a cheating spouse. Now, I asked the question, is it just cheaper for him to keep her? Because what's going to happen is she can prove that you pay for everything. You took care of everything. House, car, vehicles, child care, blah, blah, blah. So you, you, you're building her a case for alimony. From what it sounds like, you have a young child. Knowing she's going to get custody, that means you're going to have to pay child support. And then most states are no-fault divorces, which means you trying to prove that she cheated on you doesn't matter. You're going to lose on all three fronts. So you're going to lose the property. You're going to pay alimony. You're going to lose the kid. You're going to have to pay child support. You're going to give us some of that military pension for the kid. It's just cheaper to keep her, man. It's cheaper to keep her. All y'all saying cut her loose, you, you don't mean that. You don't mean that. Not at the risk of paying out more it, to get a divorce than would you be paying out if you just let the bitch be and y'all just have uh, an, an estranged marriage. Y'all live two separate lives. Don't divorce this woman. The, the cost is too high. I know it sucks. Exactly. You set the foundation for her to live nice. So all y'all be talking about that shit. That's why I don't, that's why I know these niggas don't be meaning what they be talking about. Yeah, I, I'll pay for everything. No, you don't. Because if she wants to divorce you, you got to keep that up. You got to keep up her lifestyle. So that's why I know these guys don't mean what they say when they talk about, I, I, yeah, I'll provide for everything and 100% pay. You don't mean that. Not unless you got Jeff Bezos money, Bill Gates money. You know, that's nothing to them. But you a regular schmegular dude. You, you probably don't make a hundred grand a year. Stop with the cap. You don't mean that. Because when she's ready to leave you, she's going to take half of what you got. I'm just saying, yeah, he's cooked. Yo, well done. He, he jambalaya, uh, uh, no, blackened. You know what I'm saying? Cajun. See, nah, nah, nah. You say that. See, that, that sounds nice. <laughs> that sounds nice. <laughs> that sounds nice. It's not in his best interest to divorce this woman. He gonna, he, he's going to lose so much more. Yeah, she, he, she done already cheated on him. He took her back. Just get him a girlfriend, and just, they just live their separate, estranged, married lives. I'm just saying he's going to lose on every front. He's going to lose on every front. 
is going to lose on every front. Okay? I'm just saying, he's going to lose. That's not how you handle. You trying to shame the woman. You know you're married, right? You're a married woman. Bruh, we are so past this. And then you want a conversation with the side dude. Side dude hanging around for too long for my comfort. Right? Because you don't know. Because he can't put hands on her. He may just try to put hands on you. All because you stuck around and hung out for too long. You see, oh, this your guy. Okay, I'm out. Right? This your guy? All right. Y'all have at it. And just and walk off. They walk off. Yeah, he on his Carl Thomas. <laughs> No, no, and he and he's in his like an older guy, probably late fifties. He's gonna have to, he, you know, for him to go out and date all over again. Come on, man! It ain't nah, 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 nah. It's just cheaper to keep her, man. Get your little girlfriend. Call it a day. Y'all just live this this strange life until the kid is of of age. Okay, I'm just saying. Y'all saying he should leave her. Y'all, you guys. Are, this guy's going to get reamed so bad. It, no. 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 Yeah, exactly. Should have vetted, right? Should have vetted. Should have vetted. I keep hearing that. Should have vetted. Should have vetted. All right? So don't do what he just did. All this recording, exposing. No fault divorces means nobody's at fault. <laughs> That's why women love it so much. Back in the day, you, had, you used to have to prove that the, the spouse was cheating on you. No, not anymore. That's what the whole crux of no-fault divorce is. Nobody's at fault. Nobody's at fault. Nobody. There's no consequence. There's no penalty. That's the beauty of it. Okay? All right. All right. Okay. Okay. Where shall I go next? Um, hmm. What is this? No. Is that? No. What is this? Nope. Okay. Let's do this. Yeah, yeah. These, these next three stories here. Okay, here we go. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Iowa. Pay attention to what's going on in Iowa. Listen to this. Republican Iowa governor rolls back state's child labor law protections. They got to get ready for these migrant children. They're going to come in and work for pennies on the dollar because you as an American parent won't let your kid do this. This is how cold the game is. They're already getting ready for these migrant children to engage in slave labor and legal slave labor. Legal slave labor is coming. Changes in law allows teenagers to serve alcohol in restaurants and could allow children to operate heavy machinery like power saws. Iowa's Republican Governor Kim Reynolds has signed a bill. This is a woman, a white woman, 
signed a bill that rolls back several child labor law protections in the Midwestern state, including how many hours children can work and at what types of establishments. Gotta get ready for these migrant children. Because you're not going to let your kids work work heavy machinery. You're not going to let your kids serve alcohol to grown-ass drunk adults. Because we got some sense about ourselves, yes? <laughs> Send me to clean a few houses once a week. Let's continue. Iowa and several other states in the U.S. have loosened regulations on child labor in response to some businesses complaining about a workforce shortage. It's where the migrants come in. This is legalized slave labor. This is legal child slave labor. Reynolds signed the legislation on Friday, which was approved by lawmakers in May with only Republican support. Democrats and other critics warned that the bill could cause businesses to exploit children and distract minors from school. Too late. We're already here. Look at this shit here. Iowa joins 20 other states in providing tailored common sense labor provisions that allow young adults to develop their skills in the workforce. Under Iowa's new law, 14 and 15-year-olds are allowed to work two extra hours per day during the school year, a total of six hours. 14 and 15-year-olds are also allowed to do certain types of work that were previously banned, including work in industrial laundry services, freezers, and meat coolers. At the same time, 16 and 17-year-olds will be permitted to work the same hours as adults, Teenagers as young as 16 can also now serve alcohol in restaurants. As long as employers have permission from the minor's parents or guardian, the change in law could allow children to operate heavy machinery such as power saws or join in demolition projects. Two adults are required to be present when children are serving alcohol. Minor employees also have to complete a training on prevention and response to sexual harassment. Hell yeah. Because before y'all talk this slavery shit, it was those little white kids in them factories. It was those little white kids getting killed and mauled in these, in these factories that started the child labor laws to begin with. Not black children, but Nobody wants to have that conversation. Nobody's ready for that type of talk. Nobody's ready for that type of talk. Children as young as 16 can now work in areas including manufacturing with an exemption from the Iowa Department of Education or Iowa Workforce Development as long as it's part of the work-based learning program. Iowa's loosening of child labor laws comes amid high-profile cases in several states as Republicans across the U.S. attempt to roll back child labor laws amid increasing violations. A May investigation by the U.S. Department of Labor found that several McDonald's franchises in Kentucky violated child labor laws, including using at least two 10-year-olds for unpaid labor, often until 2 a.m. In February, a separate investigation found that over 100 children were illegally employed at a slaughterhouse cleaning plant working with dangerous chemicals and equipment. 
Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Yes. Snowpiercer, right? The, the, the perpetual train that traveled the globe and then they made their way to the front and they found out the whole time they had children in there working the train to keep the thing running. They was children. So they would snatch the children from the very back, from the poor people section, and ship them up to the front and put them in the little compartments to, to work on the trains. Snowpiercer. Okay? Now, the only good thing I could, I could say off of this is... um. You could, I guess you would, it would allow your kids to work in a trade a lot sooner. So if you got 16, 15 year old boys, they don't want to go to college. They don't want to go to the military. Okay. Well, start working at this factory here, this welding plant, this oil rig, learn a trade early, early. So by the time you're 18, you got some experience. I don't know. That's the only silver lining I see in this. But for the most part, this is legalized child slave labor. Okay. Yeah. 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 So if you want your 16 year old working at a, <laughs> working at a biker bar, serving alcohol to drunk bikers and shit like that. I want to know what the 20 States are though. Let's do this. Let me look up the 20 States that have relaxed child labor laws. Next child. Okay, let's do this. States with lax child labor laws. Okay, give me one of the states. Give me the states. I don't want that. Give me the states. You're not going to give me the states? Okay, fuck all that. Let's go elsewhere. Which states want to loosen child labor laws? Okay, so off the rip, we have legislators in Wisconsin, Ohio. We already talked about Iowa. Uh, I want the one better list. You know what? Let's just see what they, let's see what they say. I want the list of states. That's what I'm looking for, y'all. It's a controversial idea to be sure, but could America's labor shortage be alleviated by kids? The job market is one of the tightest since World War II, and the unemployment rate is at just 3.4%, lowest in more than a half century. Several states, largely led by Republican lawmakers, now considering legislation to allow children as young as 14 to work longer hours and in riskier jobs, including serving alcohol. 
On Friday, Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds signed a law lengthening the workday and curfew for 14 and 15-year-olds while school is in session, allowing 16 and 17-year-olds to work the same hours as adults, and permitting teens as young as 16 to serve alcohol in restaurants with parental permission. Previously, in Arkansas, Republican Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders signed a law eliminating permits that required employers to verify a child's age and parents' consent. In Wisconsin, lawmakers backing a proposal to allow 14-year-olds to serve alcohol in bars and restaurants. The Ohio legislature has a bill in process that would allow students ages 14 and 15 to work during the school year with their parents' permission until 9 p.m., later than federal law allows. Such bills, they're being considered and passed despite the fact that since 2015, the number of minors employed in violation of child labor laws has more than tripled. Opponents say such safeguards are key to protecting underage workers from exploitation, dangerous work environments, harassment, and a myriad of other problems. Joining me now is Emma Camp, an assistant editor at Reason Magazine, who graduated from the University of Virginia in 2022. She wrote an article in Reason titled, Don't Freak Out Over Teens Having Fast Food Jobs. Emma, thanks for being here. When I was 15, I lied when I applied at McDonald's because I was so eager to work there, but they only hired 16-year-olds. They figured it out. I came back when I was 16, and I worked there for the next two years. I wanted to flip burgers, odd as that sounds. Um, I was not going to work in a meatpacking plant or, you know, do some mining operation. What are your thoughts about the trend I've just described? So I think there's actually been a lot of hysteria around these bills. When you look at the text of what's actually been enacted, they're really quite moderate, even milk toast reforms, basically letting teenagers maybe work a little bit younger or a little bit uh, longer, but nothing really crazy. Um, And you mentioned increased child labor violations. I think there's been a bit of a bait and switch. So the majority of these child labor violations actually involve migrant children working illegally in places like commercial farms. These reforms really have nothing to do with that. And importantly, you know, that kind of labor will still be illegal under these reforms. Um, So I think instead of panicking, we should be celebrating because there are so many positive outcomes associated with working as a teenager. The one that I saw that was, well, I agree with the the, uh, propriety, the lessons that one learns from having a job as a teenager, for sure. The one that troubled me the most that I read about, it was not the booze, it was the hours of working during a school year up to six hours on a particular day. For me, that's too much because I think you've got to prioritize the schoolwork. I wanted to ask you this. Is this really about American kids or about migrant workers? Um, So I think these bills are actually about American kids, right, making it easier for them to work because there are a lot of really positive outcomes associated with working as a teenager. A lot of them are self-evident, you know, responsibility, learning to show up on time. Teenagers themselves really like working. They like having their own money. They like not constantly hounding their parents for cash. Um, And in fact, there's been some research that indicates that teenagers who work part time actually earn more later in life than those who didn't. There was one study that looked at teenagers that worked part-time during their senior year. Um, And what it found is that those who worked about six to nine years after graduation were earning 20% more than those who didn't. So I think we should really be celebrating and encouraging places that are making it easier for teenagers to get jobs. Emma, if we build it, will they come? To quote the old line, are we sure the teenagers are going to fill these voids that exist if all of a sudden the rules are loosened? Oh yeah. 
So I think it depends, right? So I think when we're looking at the areas that teenagers like to work in, fast food and food service is a good example, right? Listen, your kids going to be complaining right uh, right alongside y'all that you, all the they they came in and took all the jobs. So your American kids are going to be complaining that there's no jobs for them to, to get their feet wet into the workforce. Y'all going to be complaining about the same fucking group of people. Right. So, so there's been a lot of uh, fear mongering about the laws that are loosening um, the age that kids can serve alcohol. A lot of these, for example, once they had a bill that was very clear about saying that you can't bartend until you're 18. So mostly this will just like, you know, 14 or 15 year olds work at a place like an Applebee's, right, that serves alcohol. Um, you know, I think teenagers might fill those positions. Um, you know, if we're looking at places that uh, sectors that teenagers don't really want to work in, I don't think that's the solution to the labor shortage. I think the solution to the labor shortage is liberalizing our immigration laws and making it easier to work here if you're not a citizen. I have to move on. But before I do, I know you just graduated from UVA. Congrats. What was your first job? When I was 17, I was a nanny. And I nice. had a really great time doing that. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Good for you, hon. I'm so happy for you. Okay. Listen, <laughs> don't be surprised when you see 14, 15, 16 year olds serve you alcohol at Applebee's and Texas Roadhouse and Ruth Chris. All right. And you see little Hector and little Maria, but like, little girl, what are you, what are you doing? Oh, I, I work here, sir. Little girl. What, ain't it past your bedtime? Oh, no, no, sir, I'm working. Hector, what the hell? Uh, I, sir, I ain't working. <laughs> what? Marisol, what, ain't it past your bedtime? No, sir, I'm working. What in the hell? What in the hell? Nah, I wanted it, it, I wanted the list of I wanted to find a list of states. It's not I can't find a list of states with the uh the lax laws. Oh well. Okay. Where am I at? Okay. I'm getting close. I'm getting close. Okay. Let's continue. Let's continue. Uh California, um when California gets a cold or a sneeze or a sniffle, trust me, the rest of America will feel it. Whatever happens to California, the rest of y'all will feel it. Trust and believe, okay? I was 17 working at Denny's. First I was at 14. What the hell? That's hella illegal, bro. What's going What the? Why are you working at 14, bro? I didn't, I didn't have a job till I was 16. First job is, uh, shit. I think I sold vacuums for Kirby. And then I, I sold, then I moved to sales for Olden Mills, selling the picture, um, the picture packets, right? But this here, this is crazy, yo. Uh, don't think this ain't coming to your, to your, to your state. Please don't think this is just Cal California. Don't ever think that. Okay. Please don't think this is not just about California.
the nation's largest insurance companies. Now pulling out of California, State Farm announcing that it will no longer issue new policies for homes. That change is now in effect. Eyewitness News reporter Leanne Suter is live with details of the company's decision and reaction to it. Leanne. Jory and Michelle, those currently insured by State Farm won't be impacted by this change, but those living in high fire danger areas looking to insure new properties are out of luck. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there, but many in California now questioning the company's slogan after the nation's largest insurance provider has stopped insuring new home and business properties in the state. The fact that... Now see, now see, now see, now I, I shouldn't do this. Um, dude, I do have YouTube premium. Clearly these clips are not from YouTube, so I don't know what your point or your position is in stating that, but I have it on both of my channels. So I'm not sure where you, you're coming from with that. So thank you, but thank you. Let's continue with the show. They just want to pick and choose who they cover. It just doesn't seem doesn't seem the way it should be. Existing State Farm customers are not affected, and neither is auto insurance. But when it comes to new home insurance sales, the insurance giant says wildfire risks and skyrocketing construction costs are too much. I think it's going to make a, a difficult situation worse. Harvey Rosenfield, founder of Consumer Watchdog and author of Prop 103, passed decades ago to protect consumers from surging insurance rates, says he believes there's an ulterior motive. Since they submitted $700 million worth of increases requested in the last few weeks, I think they're trying to exert their economic pressure as the state's largest insurance company on, insurance, on the insurance commissioner, Ricardo Lara, in order to pressure him to approve rates that are unjustified. California has experienced record wildfires in the past six years. State Farm is the second company to stop offering coverage due to the risk, and that will force more owners to California's FAIR plan, which is the insurer of last resort in high-risk areas, and it doesn't offer full coverage. Insurance is for when things go wrong, and fire is something that goes wrong. I think if you want to insure in the state of California, which is one of the biggest areas where they insure, then you should have to insure everyone in California. And in a state that has been averaging about 7,000 fires a year over the last couple of years, it is a major concern, especially for those living in those areas now with fewer choices to find insurance. Life Okay, now, here's why it's just not California with the wildfires, because California is not the only state that has wildfires, right? Nevada, Arizona, New Mexico, what's the state on top of us? I forget. I mean, we all, so the, uh, pretty much all of the Western states all help out each other's fires. So there's times we done went to Vegas, we done went to New Mexico to fight a fire, a forest fire, um, and vice versa, the states will come to California, help us, help us, you know, uh, when I was, when I was doing it, help us fight fires. So it's just not California. Right. And everyone knew, know, knew that if you bought a house in the Hills or if you bought a house with, uh, with lots of vegetation, uh, or fuel, right. If you bought a, if you bought a, a property in a fuel rich area where it's a lot of green, a lot of vegetation, that's a high, that's a high fire risk. Your, your insurance would be through the roof, but you still have you still have homeowners insurance. So 
it's just not California hell. Wisconsin, I remember a couple of years ago, had a wildfire, which is rare, um, which is why it was so interesting because it was so rare. But Illinois has forest fires, uh, Indiana, Kentucky. So it's not just a West Coast thing. Like, you'd be surprised at the number of states that actually have, wild, you know, wildfires. So um, this is not going to stop at California. Please don't think that. Please don't think that. All right. And then there's new construction going up everywhere. So I don't know, y'all. Okay. Now, before I get to the final, the, the coup de gras story of the night, the Travis Rudolph, before we get to Tra Travis Rudolph, yo, I'm late. I'm not late, but I keep forgetting to cover this story. Um, Jefferson Machado. <laughs> They did him so dirty. What in the hell? Bruh. Uh, uh, soap actor Jefferson Machado found dead in a buried trunk in Brazil. Y'all keep talking this Brazil shit like it's the business. Like, no. Wait a minute. So the body of a South American soap star missing since January has been found stuffed in the trunk and buried in the backyard of a Campo Grande Brazil home. Uh, Jefferson Mercado or were recovered uh, by Brazilian authorities on Monday. The trunk in which the 44 year old actor's body was discovered was encased in cement. Holy cow. It is with regret that I share the sad news with the passion of actor Jeff Mercado, whose body was found with strangulation signs. This discovery confronts us with the cruelty present in our society, motivating us to seek truth and justice in the face of such impactful cases. Preliminary information indicates that the actor's body was found in a trunk buried in a hole of a considerable depth. This situation deeply saddens us and indignant in the face of the suffering faced by Jeff. According to R7, the house where Mikado's uh, body was found was rented by the actor's friend who is currently under investigation and has not been publicly identified. Loved ones first reported Mikado missing January 27th after his eight dogs were found alone per the outlet. Prior to his disappearance, he starred in soap opera Race. Reese. That Race Reese. Bruh. First things first, how would they know where the body was at? It was in a trunk and cement. There you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Brazil ain't man, shit. Don't let Fast and Furious movies get y'all jammed up. Like, it, this is still wild. It's still wild west. All right, let's get it to... Travis Rudolph. Now listen, I've heard other content creators give their two cents and they're all wrong. Travis Rudolph is facing a murder charge because he took the fight outside of his home. Why is it that gun owners that have guns don't know what the stand your ground law or castle doctrine law really means. Why is it? I, I can't play with guns. I know the gun laws better than these guys with guns. One content creator was talking about, hey, fuck around and find out. Fuck around. Nigga. No. Right. 
I'm I'm more than certain he doesn't know his own gun laws in his state. Because remember, at at one point he was flashing all of his all of his all of his artillery. Okay, and (laughs) so we're gonna we're gonna go over what Travis Rudolph did wrong. Him and his brother, right? Why they're why they're both you know why they're why the brother Travis is jammed up right now. Yeah, you can't do that. You can't take the gunfight outside of your home. Exactly. Regardless of what the woman did, you cannot take the gunfight outside of your home. Okay? Now let's let's walk this down. And and for all those who don't say men don't pr- protect, once again, another example of dead men. Men in prison, men in jail behind protecting a woman, taking her at her word and not questioning what she says. Let's, let's get into this. Let's get into this. Calling your brothers and your cousins for every little argument. Cause you women sit on social media, you sit around, oh, everybody yes. killing everybody, but you never tell the truth that it's been a thousand shootings and homicides trickle back down to you running your fucking mouth or you calling somebody and exaggerating cause you feel disrespected. Stop calling people. You can argue with somebody on the block that said, leave it there. You call your brother, now these niggas going through it the whole summer. And then somebody child die about it. That, that's your fault. That's your fault. You can't sit back and say it's not your fault because they went too far. You shouldn't have called them. Okay. That's nice little PSA. Thank you, sis. But you know what? Women going to do what they've been doing for the last, I don't know, since millennia. Right? Uh, yo, listen, it's, it, it ain't been hot, hot. But when it gets back hot, we'll be back out tanning again. Now, once again, can we please dispel this silly myth that black men don't protect black women? Can we please put this myth to bed? When do you not see black men go off the rails in protecting black women? When do you not see it happen? Let's go. Let's get into this sad story. Surveillance video that they show say that shows that Travis Rudolph was the aggressor, that he was shooting at four men who came apparently to shoot up his house. Although one of those men testified today saying that just meant they were there for a fist fight, not murder. Prosecutors say Travis Rudolph was the aggressor the night in April 2021. Four men showed up at his. Okay, so what's the difference between this and the dad killing a teenage boy? Okay. Um, first and foremost, if I understand correctly, the, the boy was still in the house when he shot, when he was shot in the back. Now, once again, if, if they can prove the gunfight occurred outside of the home, then I'm sure they would charge the former the former officer to slash the dad uh, for manslaughter or whatever the case may be. But everybody knows stand your ground, castle doctrine. You cannot take the gunfight outside of your home, period. You can't even stand in your doorway and shoot them from your doorway. Do you understand? Once the threat is no longer inside your home, you have to let them go. You cannot stand in your doorway and start picking them off sniper style. That that's not how it works. Okay. Now, um, so here we go. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> well, I five say, hey, are we still calling the tan? Yeah. What? No, it's what we call it tanning. Yeah. Yeah. Now, first mistake here. First mistake here. Yeah. Why would you open the door on top of that? You open the door and you see four niggas in front of your door. You better, you better have the strap and you better show them what time it is. Like, please, 
illegally trespass, come through the, the step over the threshold. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is everybody did everything wrong. Okay, so I can easily Monday, Monday night quarterback this because nobody was thinking. But let's continue. Door. Once again, you have niggas with guns, legal firearms, but you don't know your state's laws. You don't know what rights you have. You don't know what you can and can't do in, in times of conflict. So what good is to having the, the firearm legally if you don't even know when you can and can't use it? But let's continue. Let's go. Let's go. Rudolph shooting 39 rounds as they fled following a fight, showing jurors this surveillance video you of bullets flying. You cannot do fly. this. You cannot stand outside your home and let off and, and do a, a mag dump outside From your home. From Rudolph's semi-automatic rifle as he chased them down the you street. You can't do Murder this. Murder begins exactly. when self-defense ends. ends. There you go. Now that was a simple sentence said many, many years ago, but that simple sentence perfectly encapsulates why this defendant Right there, Travis Rudolph is sitting in the chair that he's sitting in. Exactly. They got in the car and they were leaving, and he was dumping at the car. Men arrived when Rudolph's girlfriend contacted them, claiming Rudolph had assaulted her after she found texts from other women on his phone, telling them to come shoot up the house. One of those men, the girlfriend's brother testifying he was throwing punches at Rudolph during the fistfight, but insisting no one pulled a gun and all four ran and got into their car. But Rudolph's attorney insisting Rudolph was acting in self-defense. Isn't that a fact that you guys immediately attacked him, never giving him a chance to do anything? No. Rudolph's attorneys say he never began shooting until two of the men in the car pointed guns at him through the windows and he was in fear for his life. They were vigilantes. So even even to his claims, even if they pointed guns at him from their car as they're leaving, you know what you do? Take your ass back in your house. Take your ass back in your house. But let's continue. They were four men who went there to retaliate and kill just as they were ordered to do. But Kashan Jones saying he was in the front seat and did not see Sebastian Jean-Jacques lean out of the back seat and point a gun at Rudolph. I'm telling you that I didn't see any guns pointed. And two of the men did apparently have weapons. Testimony in this case will continue throughout the week. Live in West Palm Beach, Terry Parker, WPBF. Okay, now. Oh, man, did I not send myself the clip? Son of a bitch. All right, so let me pull up the clip as I run my mouth. Once again, if four guys are in front of your home why are you at, at god knows what time of the night why are you opening the door when there's four guys in front of your home and you you have no no firearm like the first thing you do is open the door and show them the firearm off rip what are we talking about uh let me see this to myself you know what real quick let's 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 do some uh some mood music while i uh get this clip together hold on Hey, that's that's the manosphere. That's the black manosphere. <laughs> hey, that's how they be wanting the, the women to. Act. That's what they be. That's how they be doing. It. Let's do it again. Peaches, 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 peaches. 
Okay. Okay. Edward, oh no. Oh no. Okay, so California is different. California's castle doctrine is you cannot do anything to a an, to an intruder until they actually cross your threshold of your front door of your of your home. They actually have to come inside your home before you can take action. That's California. Okay, every castle doctrine standard ground law is different for each state, but the majority of them pretty much state you cannot pick them off from outside your home or you can't run them down the street and gun them down and away from your home. You cannot take the fight, the gunfight outside your home for the most part. All right. So let me, uh, <laughs> let me, let me get this, the second clip and we're going to get into this. Let me get this second clip. Okay. Download. Okay. Scan. Download. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Once again, it's a very messed up situation. There's an everybody's to blame. And I mean, everybody, everybody's to blame. Everybody's to blame. Let's go. 911 calls for help flood into dispatch around midnight. Things escalated so quickly. For the first time, Travis Rudolph talks about the night he says four men showed up at his front door. I just heard just a loud bang as if like the police was at the door. In exclusive video, we can now see everything playing out on security cameras. This all happened within seconds, so my brother was the first one to get to the door, so I was worried about his safety as well. Who is See, 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 first mistake. You done came outside your home. First mistake, you done came outside your home. Now you, you know what I'm saying? Now, now you are, you're defenseless. You didn't come, first, you didn't come out with the, with the, with the strap. No rifle, no pistol. Open the door and be like, who, what, what time is it? What, what are we doing? What are we doing? Why y'all here? All that would have de-escalated all that from Jump Street. But no, this fool opens the door all the way and goes outside and goes outside. Let's continue. According to court records, Rudolph and his then girlfriend, Dominique Jones, got into a fight earlier that night. Open this door, bro. Cause it got me. Dominique, stop. Afterwards, she texted her brother, Keyshawn Jones. Evidence shows they both made threats toward Travis is a, this is from the girl. Travis is a dead man walking. Please go shoot his shit up. Now, once again, please dispel this silly myth that black men don't protect their women. Please stop this nonsense. You just mad because ain't nobody protecting you. You mad because you don't have a crash test dummy. Black men are the biggest crash test dummies over their women. Nobody goes to jail or dies more often than black men over their women. Please stop this nonsense. All she got to do is say, he hit me. Point. And nigga, is, it's on go. He's, he's on go time. Please stop this. You just mad because you don't have a crash test dummy of your own. That's all this is. It's Rudolph. As soon as I came outside, literally, Tyler, like, he sucker punched me to my left eye. It was Tyler and Sebastian. It was, like, kind of trying to corner me in. And um, 
Tyler, he had pulled out his firearm. And during that time, Tyler pulled out his firearm. Sebastian was like, you messed with the wrong girl. You're going to die tonight. And then that's when I went back inside and grabbed my firearm. Okay. Now, once he went back in and, and, and got his rifle, right? Because, you know, it's a lot of posturing, you know, when people with guns. No, no, nobody really wants to shoot like that. It's a lot of posturing. So normally if, if a guy sees he has a bigger gun, normally he'll stand down. But let's continue. The fight spilling out into the street. See, you, did you see he got the damn AR? You, you can't, you can't, you are jammed up, bro. You can't do this. They're already leaving. They done beat your brother up. They jumped him, beat him up. They didn't, yeah, they may have flashed a pistol. You went back inside to go get yours and you run outside with the AR. You already lost this case. Whatever happens is on you now. Because now you've done turned into the aggressor. Right? Because not one time did they report shots fired from the other guys. Not one time. All the dumping came from dude. Tierra, thank you for the five of the cash app. Yeah, this, this is what happens when you watch too much heat. You, you watch too much heat, the, banks, the bank robbery scene. This is not, this is not heat. It's not a Michael Mann movie. Let's go. The video shows Rudolph then running off his property with an AR-15. I had to do what I had to do. No, you're dumb. You're dumb. You know what I'm saying? To protect me and my family. My brother was on the ground getting jumped by two of those guys getting kicked. So that's the reason why I went down the street. While they're all in their car, I see two firearms pointing at me and my brother. So nobody think to go back inside. Okay. And I like I couldn't believe it. Like, it's just it's just a, a split decision where I just felt like it's it's either me or or and my brother or these guys that's you know what I'm saying gonna get hurt. Rudolph firing 39 rounds. The four men speeding off. I know people at home are gonna question. Okay, he, he has an AR-15 and he fired. Okay. You see the the muzzle the muzzle flash on that thing? Jeez. Now let's get to. Um, the girlfriend's testimony. Let's get to the girlfriend's testimony because everyone's like, well, you, she need to be charged. Okay. You know what? Charge her for what? Then that's on the state. Then put pressure on the state to charge the woman for setting this all up. But once again, please stop the stupid myth that black men don't protect black women. Black men are the biggest crash test dummies for their women. Bar none. Bar none. Hands down. It's not even a competition at this point. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, if we go a few minutes past five, right? Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, is that going to cause a problem for any of you? Very well. Thank you. <clears throat> All right, this is the, uh, the ex-girlfriend. Now, for what I, for what I read, she's, she's married. But you know what? This is the woman that caused all of it. Will you solemnly swear or affirm that the evidence you're about to give will be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? 
All right, Ms. Jones, will you please, when you're comfortable up there, say and spell both your first and last name for the record and for the jury? Dominique, D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E, and Jones, J-O-N-E-S. All right, thank you very much. You may inquire, Ms. Edwards. Thank you, Your Honor. Um, good afternoon, Ms. Jones. Could you please tell the member of the jury, um, how do you know someone by the name of Keyshawn Jones? He is my little brother. And how much younger than you is Keyshawn? He is two years younger than me. And how would you describe your relationship with Keyshawn? Um, we're extremely close. There, we have three siblings. It's me, him, and the older brother, but me and him are the closest. Okay. And the older brother, did, did he live with you around the time that this happened back in 2021? No. So who was living in the home in Delray at the time? Um, me, Keyshawn, my mom, and her husband at the time. All right. So um, tell us a little bit about your brother. Was he in school? Was he working around uh, the time this happened in April of 2021? Um, he's been a full-time student even up till now. Um, he goes to the Honors College at FAU. What about yourself? What did you do for employment back in April of 2021? I was a realtor. And do you still have that license? So this day, I sold your real estate. Okay. Um, back in April of 2021, uh, take us in time. This was around COVID, right? Mm -hmm. Is that a yes? Yes. Okay. And um, did there come a point where you could no longer sort of go out every day and do realty work? Yeah. So I got my license in March. And then um, COVID kind of happened in April. So they closed the office when that happened. So I really wasn't working during the time. So you mean March of 2020? Correct. Okay. And then by the time this instance is happening almost a year later, sort of things haven't fully opened up yet? No. Okay. Um, tell us a little bit. Do you know someone by the name of Travis Rudolph? Yes. And how did you know Mr. Rudolph? Um, we were dating. And can you tell us, um, did you know Mr. Rudolph prior to starting a romantic relationship? with him um i met him I've, I've known him through mutual friends but actually meeting him one-on-one -on -one, i met him at a club all right and can you tell us approximately when your relationship began the romantic relationship um i would say that i was like sleeping over i was around him consistently for the beginning since like march but i would say like the relationship actually started around november so when you say march you just have to make sure we put it in context of time are you talking about march of 2020 correct so that's around when COVID is hitting. Yes, I'm at his house every day. I'm sleeping over every day. I'm around his family, et cetera. Um, tell us a little bit about that family. Did you come to meet his mother, Linda Rudolph? Or Rudolph, sorry. I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Yes. Did you come to meet his mother, Linda? Yeah, me and her were pretty close, very close. Um, would you say that you considered her sort of like a second mom, or did you not have that type of close relationship? No, we had a very, very tight, tight relationship. Um, anything about Travis, like she would come to me, she would talk to me about it, things like that. All right. Um, and did you also feel comfortable enough to talk to her about things? 100%. Okay. What about um, any other relatives that were living in the home? Where was Travis living? At his mom's house. And mom lived where exactly, if you remember, what city? Lake Park. So that's the 550 Teak Drive address? Correct. All right. Um, and how many bedrooms, if you recall, were in that residence? Mm, I believe three. And wait, wait, wait. So he, he was living with his mother and still get in action. So all this, you know, got to have all your ducks in a row, car, house, uh, uh, you know, 401k. No, it's, it's fuck with you. She going to fuck with you. It doesn't matter where you live. <laughs> Let's continue. And would that mean that Travis had his own bedroom? Yeah, he had his own room. His mom had her own room. And then his brother had his own room. Um, what was Travis's brother's name? Daryl. Does he sometimes go by the name DJ? 
Have yeah, you ever heard people yeah. Refer to him? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what about your relationship with DJ Daryl? How was that at the time? Um, I guess he looked at me like a sister. He would say, um, he said that plenty of times. Um, he's been to himself and quiet. So, um, you said that there came a point in your relationship where you spent a lot more time over at the Rudolph residence. Mm-hmm. Were you sleeping over at night? Yeah, stuff there, sleeping over basically every night. It was COVID. There was really not much to do. So yeah, I was there a lot. Okay. And um, I know obviously this is a personal question, but did you believe at some point that you were in love with Mr. Rudolph Travis? Of course. Um, Did you two start discussions at that point about future sort of marriage, children, things like that? You know, like in the beginning stages, you have conversations like that. And when I say it was 100% that serious at the time, no. But yeah, we did used to have little conversations like that back then. And did you believe yourself to be in a committed relationship where it was just the two of you and not an open relationship? As in, yes, 100%, yes. Okay. (laughs) All right. So um, can you tell us um, whether or not during that time period it was your belief that you were seeing Mr. Rudolph and that he was seeing you and that there should not have been any other persons involved in that relationship? Um, I would say up until November, like we did have conversations, to be truthfully honest, that he did say like he wasn't ready for a relationship and I respected it, but I just started to, you know, do me and just live my life as a 23 year old woman. And then he started to get to the point where he was like, okay, I do want you to be my girlfriend. All right. So let me just have you explain that timeline wise a little bit. Okay. So I think you said the beginning of the relationship, or at least when you started romantic relations Mm -hmm. were around March of uh, 2020. Right. And you said in November of 2020 is when you're having the more serious conversation about you becoming his girlfriend. I just, I just want to say a woman like this, you cannot shame the unshameable. She has no shame. You know, somebody died in this by her, you know, by her insistence. And this woman ain't lost no sleep. You know what I'm saying? So what are you going to do with women like this? Like, you you know, BGS says he wants to negotiate. How do you negotiate with a woman like this? What do you have to negotiate with for a woman like this? You have nothing. You have nothing she wants. Yeah, like my birthday's October. So it was like October, November. That's when like more of the serious conversations like started happening and it became that. Um, did there come a point where there were any discussions about you moving into the Rudolph residence with Travis and his relatives? No. So it was never going to be the type of situation where you sort of shacked up or moved in? If it was anything like that, it would be our own, but it wouldn't be at his mom's house. No. Okay. All right. Um, I want to go back in time a little bit to sort of what was happening sort of in the weeks prior to this incident taking place. Um, Did there come a point that you had a surgery? Yes. And as a result of that, were you still in pain and did you need sort of, you know, to take care of yourself so that you weren't injured again or re-injured? Yes. Um, And was that something that was known to Mr. Rudolph? Yes. Um, What about your brother, Keyshawn? Yes. And what about his friends, Chris? Um, yeah, everyone knew. Everybody knew. Everybody knew. Travis took care of me. Okay. So uh, during the point where you're recovering. Travis took care of her. Okay. Bring from the surgery, your boyfriend, Mr. Rudolph at the time, was helping to take care of you. Yeah, for like the first week. Mm-hmm. And what do you mean by taking care of you? Like physically helping you? Physically helping me, doing everything that the surgery required from the doctor. Like he was there helping me. Okay. Um, and during that point, did you, were you still in this boyfriend girlfriend relationship or did there come to be a break in the relationship i mean if someone's with you every single day and they're helping you and you're not leaving my sight i would say like it's a relationship to me 
Okay, so let me ask it a little simpler. Okay. I really wasn't um, trying to imply that you weren't. I just wanted to know, were you still in a relationship with yeah. them? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so um, did there come a point, um, and when did the surgery happen? Was that March or February of 2021? Um, it was of 2021. February. So, February. Yeah. All right. So by the time this happened on April 6th, 7th there, um, were you fully recovered? Not at all. Were you still in pain from the surgery? 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, talk to us a little bit about the state of your relationship with Mr. Rudolph. By that, I mean, what was your status around that time? Did you still? I mean, you know, you got to massage the wound, you know, the, to where you get the incision. You got to massage it and put the wound care stuff on there. Um, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty intense, man. If you're helping somebody that, that's gone through a BBL, it's pretty intense. But well, let's continue. We'll see each other. Did you still communicate? Um, he would pick me up. I had to sit like a certain type of way in the vehicle. So he would pick me up and things like that. We weren't seeing each other as much. But um, we were talking every single day. And I feel like it was like kind of getting a little bit disconnected. But nothing was ever said as like we're not together. Okay. Um, and again, I understand this is a terribly personal question. But did there come a point where there was a break in like physical interactions between you and Mr. Rudolph? Meaning, could you continue to engage in sexual activity while you were recovering from the surgery? No. Okay. And then, um, is that when you sort of noticed that there was a difference or a break in your connection? Um, I just noticed him. Yeah, kind of like there was just it was just different a little bit. Okay. Um, did you two have any conversations about? the state of your relationship, what was going on, and whether or not you would continue to remain in this relationship? Um, we did have a conversation. I kind of said, like, I think we should take a break. And he, well, you have the messages, which I'm sure you'll show. Um, I was kind of saying, like, I think we should take a break just for the simple fact that I wasn't seeing him. And it really wasn't a lot of communication between us now. So, um, but that's how it led to the day of the incident. Okay. Now, um, before we get into the text messages about the conversation with the break, um, when this conversation about a break happened, were you still continuing to communicate the I love yous and all of that? Of course. So the relationship didn't actually break. Oh, um, nothing was ever said like, and even a break, I wouldn't say was breaking up. All right. I want to approach a witness judge if I could with states exhibit 20 it's already been provided to defense counsel I do not believe okay let's get to it it would be text messages between the defendant and Ms. Dominique Jones all right yes you may uh, approach and uh, is there any objection to admitting that into evidence all right very well uh, states exhibit 20 is admitted without objection and that's text messages all right thank you accurately reflect sort of what was going on in the relationship and the communications you had via text messages about still loving each other and all the other things you just described for us in your testimony. Correct. Okay. Thank you. At this time, Judge, say would you request the information to publish? You, you may. Jones, I know it can be a little difficult to see from where you're seated, Judge, if I could. Okay, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Sure, sure, and uh, find the pointer so she can use that. The wooden, the wooden pointer, Mike. Where is that? Oh, okay, there we go. 
<coughs> Watch your step getting down, ma'am. Ms. Jones, Ms. Jones, you can. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, sorry. Thought you did. Well, they can see the colors anyway. <coughs> I'm closer than they are, and I can't see it. I'll try if you like. You want the lights down? Sure. <coughs> I can see. All right. Wow. I'm impressed. I have 20-20 vision. So do I, but uh, I can't see it. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. So the first message here in blue, can you tell us if that is a message from you or Mr. Rudolph? Travis. So that is Mr. Rudolph. He will be represented in the blue um, messaging um, as we continue. Is that correct? Right. All right. So Mr. Rudolph writes you on, um, according to this, April 6, 2021 at about 12.15 a.m., saying, I'm sorry. Yes. What was going on there? Yes, basically, I was just telling him I felt like the relationship has been, like, you're not coming to see me. You know, I have surgery. You're in Miami every weekend. Just, like, you know, girlfriend relationship things. Like, I just was feeling a certain type of way. And he responded, and he said, I'm sorry. Okay. And that conversation that you're talking about was over the phone. It was a phone conversation, right? Um, Prior to the I'm sorry? I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I don't remember if we talked on the phone or if there was more messages, but... Okay. That was what that was from. Let's get spicy. All right. And then you respond, is that you in uh, green there saying, okay, Travis. Correct. Okay. And then his response, I'm not going to argue with you. Wait, can I just say this? So can we agree that this, uh, this online rhetoric is not, it's not working in the real world. This red pill awareness. It's not real. It's not real. We have a perfect case in point. This man should have cut this woman off a long time ago. Guess what? He didn't. It's the movement is not working out here in the real world i'm sorry but let's continue and what you wrote me i agree with that if you need a break i'll give you that because spelled b-u-c-z which i assume is just because shorthand is that correct right lately all we have been doing is disagreeing with an, uh, with other do you remember that being the response right that's when i told him i think we should take a break okay um and then of course you said i agree as well okay perfect okay Another message shortly after the last one you just sent, this time at 1229.56 a.m. Mm -hmm. um, and is that a message again in blue from Mr. R Rudolph? Yes. And that's the I love you. Correct. And you also respond in kind, I love you too, correct? Correct. All right. Um, and uh, next message from Mr. Rudolph is you're going to need. Um, did you, do you know what that's about? You're and going to need? Question mark. You're going to bed. The second message is where he clarifies need for bed. Okay, got it. So need was an incorrect word, and he meant bed, meaning are you going to bed? Right. Okay. <laughs> have charts and, da and data. <laughs> then it looks like he sends another message, which is just sort of like a periods. Like, like a dot, dot. Like, okay. Yeah. And then you respond not just yet. Is that correct? Correct. So um, just to clarify, this is still early morning hours of the 6th, the day this incident started. Mm -hmm. Is that a yes? Yes. Okay. So then the next message you get from Mr. Rudolph is, okay, W-Y-D. What does that mean? What are you doing? 
All right, and you respond, I'm watching Netflix? Right. Okay, and then another message from Mr. Rudolph, I'm about to lay down? Okay. And then you respond, okay, well, we'll talk? Yes. Okay. Okay, then uh, it seems you received another message from Mr. Rudolph um, Travis at, uh, still on April 6, 2021, correct? Yes. All right, this time around 1229 a.m., and he's asking you, are you busy tomorrow? Are you busy tomorrow, question mark? Correct. And your response, I'm getting a massage at noon. That's all I have planned so far. Correct. Then the next message from Mr. Rudolph, okay, I was planning on going home tomorrow after I get done working out, was trying to see if I could maybe spend some time with you. Do you recall that? Yes. And then your response, okay, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Is that a yes? Yes. Okay. Sorry. No, it's okay. We'll remind you. All right. So then the next message from Mr. Rudolph is, okay, I'll call you tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And then good night. Is that correct? Yes. Correct. Okay. And then you eventually say goodnight as well. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And then the next message from Mr. Rudolph is on the afternoon. It says 12.56 p.m. now. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. On the April uh, 6th of 2021. Good afternoon. Yes. Do, 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 do. Okay, and you respond to Mr. Rudolph's request about um, good afternoon with another good afternoon of your own. Yes. And then Mr. Rudolph uh, types uh, W-Y-D. What is that? What are you doing? Okay, and you respond, just left my massage, W-B-U. What's that mean? What about you? Okay, and then Mr. Rudolph responds, just got back to four spot from working out. Did you understand what that message me meant at the time? Yes. Okay, and what did you understand it to mean? Four is his best friend. Okay, so you understood that he had gotten back from being with his friend? In Miami, yeah. Then the next message from Mr. Rudolph, movies, question mark. Um, what did you interpret that to mean at the time? Um, do I want to go to the movie since the previous message said that? Okay. And, um, okay, what you want to see is your response? Correct. Okay. And his response, I'm not sure yet. You know any good movies out? Question mark. Correct. And then your response, I don't know, lol, they said Godzilla. Yes. It was Godzilla a movie that you recall, I guess, was out at the time? Yeah. Yes. You respond, honestly, I don't want to watch that. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And he responds, me either. And I want to see something intriguing. Where it gets spicy. Of the year that this occurred, 2021, we went to his sister's wedding. My mom, my little brother, and me. Okay. So Tyranny got married um, earlier in the year of 2021. Correct. We were all present for that event. Oh, wait, correct. wait. Uh, yeah, she's married. <laughs> Travis was the side dude. This woman had a husband and the side dude and try to have the side dude knocked off. Come on, man. Come on. This red pill shit ain't working. It's not real. You were aware of. Yes. And who was that? Tyranny. And is that a person, female or male? Female. Uh, so that's a sister then. Mm -hmm. Is that a yes? Yes. Okay. And um, how would you describe the relationship with Tyranny? 
Um, me and Tony were really close. Like, if I had any issues with Travis, I would call her and talk to her about it and things like that. Um, and was it the kind of relationship where um, you would expect to get good advice from Tyranny? Yes. Okay. Um, did there ever come a point that you attended any family gatherings um, with the Rudolph family? Yeah, um, in August of the COVID year, so that would be 2020, I threw her a birthday party. Um, Christmas, um, my mother and I attended their Christmas party. The and Christmas party? February of the year that this occurred, 2021, we went to his sister's wedding. My mom, my little brother, and me. Okay. So Tyranny got married um, earlier in the year of 2021. Correct. You were all present for that event. Correct. Is it fair to say that at that time you felt that you and the Rudolphs were a family? I mean, I'm not inviting someone to my wedding if I'm not in a relationship with them or a family. Right. But how did you feel about it? Yes, 100%. Um, and... Um, did you believe at that point that you were in good standing with all of them? Meaning, uh, let's start first with um, mom, Linda Rudolph. Mm -hmm. I believe you had a good relationship at the point prior to this incident happening. Yeah, me and her were the closest, 100%. Okay. What about with Tyranny, the sister? Of course, yeah. And Daryl? Yeah. Me and Daryl were very distant. We didn't really have a relationship like that. It was just more of a high by hey sis, things like that. So you said Daryl sort of kept mostly to himself. Is that why? Yeah, he kind of was to himself. Like, but when he would come out, he would speak, he would say hi, and, you know, we would have conversations. Okay. And were you familiar with the fact that the Rudolph residents had surveillance videos um, on and inside the residence? Correct. Um, and did you know about the fact that there was a ring camera um, that was at the door? Correct. Um, and at this time, Judge State would be entering into evidence. All right, let's get spicy. Come on. Let's get spicy. Oh, a bottle of liquor. I purchased it. Okay. So you, prior to the phone calls, prior when he's in Miami and I'm at home, I would, like, ask some questions like what are you doing on there for so a couple months prior to that when I was feeling like oh I might be in a relationship and things like that and he's like all right and we started establishing like we were going to be in a relationship he gave me the passcode to his phone okay so on April 6th of 2021 when you entered the phone it was with the password that you had already received correct um and up until that point your belief is that you're in this committed relationship and you're happy with your man is that fair to say yeah that's fair to say even if you go through ups and downs or you're uncertain, I still believe like we're together and, you know, things happen. But, yeah, I'm still committed 100%. Why did you enter Mr. Rudolph's phone? Because I felt uncertainty for that whole month I didn't see him. So <laughs> it was your impression at that point that if he's not seeing you, he might be seeing someone else? Correct. Got it. When you entered Mr. Rudolph's phone with a passcode that he had provided you, did you see anything that caused you concern for your relationship? Yes. Um, and what um, did you see? I seen stuff. <laughs> I know you might not want to get into the details because obviously this is very personal, but did you see evidence of cheating? Yes. Are we talking about text messages, videos, other Pictures, things? Pictures, videos. Um, and how did that make you feel? At that point, I'm just like, all right, it's time for me to go. So I went into the room to go grab my things. And when I went to go grab my things, he had came back into the house and seen, because his phone was laid out, and seen that I went through his phone. And um, how was that interaction when you realized that you had actually seen the evidence of the, the infidelity? Um, so after I seen that, I went into his room because I had like a bag that I had in his room. I picked up the bag and I started trying to walk out. And he's like, no, you're not going anywhere. Like, we're going to talk about it. Fair to say at this point, Ms. Jones, that you were upset about the fact that your boyfriend was cheating. I was upset 
and I, but you guys have to understand, it's been a month that I haven't really seen him. It's been a month that like, I kind of already had accusations in my head. So like, I was upset, but I was more hurt, not like upset as an angry. It was just more hurt. Like, let me just leave. Like at this point, if this is what you want to do, I'm just going to go. Okay. So did you communicate that with Mr. Rudolph that you wanted to leave his residence? A million times. And what do you mean by that? I know a million is obviously an exaggeration, but were you repeatedly communicating that? I'm telling him, I'm going home. Let me leave. Let me get my stuff. I'm going home. Why did you have to say it so many times? Because he's blocking me from the door. So at this point, you're in his bedroom? Correct. And he's standing at the end, the doorway to exit the bedroom? At first, he wasn't standing at the doorway. He had put me like in the corner, kind of, and he was standing in front of me. So I'm like telling him, like, back up. I'm leaving. Like, and he's like, I want to talk. I want to talk. I want to talk. And I'm like, there's nothing to talk about. So then he, he got up. He moved out of my face. And then that's when I, I grabbed the trophy. And I said, I'll hit you with a trophy if you don't get out of my face. And he was like, you know what? You good. Walk out. And then I ended up being able to walk out of the room. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. when you grab the trophy, I assume that's something that belonged to Mr. Rudolph. Yes. Uh-oh. So and you, you one of his it up in a sort of threatening way to try to get him out of your way. Is that what you're testifying? Correct. All right. Did you actually hit him with a trophy at that point? No. Okay. Not hit him with a trophy at all. So essentially when you armed yourself with the trophy and threatened, he gave in. He said you could leave. Yeah, he said I could leave. Okay. So did you attempt to leave the residence at that point? Yeah, I was grabbing my stuff and I started walking out. And then that's when the name calling and the altercation started to occur. All right. So I know it's been some time since this happened. But mm-hmm. as much as you can recall, um, what was being said by Mr. Rudolph? I, I know it's embarrassing, but we... No, just disrespectful things. I'm just going to... It's just disrespectful. That's it. I'm just going to leave it at that. He just said disrespectful things to me, got in my face, calling me the B word, and just being disrespectful, more of the story. So when you say disrespectful, was he comparing you to other women? It could be that, yes. Not Could it be that or not? It could be. No, that's not... Was it a yes or no? Like, come on, it could be? No, no, no. That's not how that works. The jury just sort of needs to know what's happening, right? Comparing me to other women... Um, trying to lower my self-esteem because I just had surgery. Like, and it was cosmetic, right? This wasn't like heart surgery. Right? It was cosmetic. Yes, it was cosmetic surgery. BBL. And so he was <laughs> picking on that fact that you had done cosmetic surgery. Correct. Okay. And you said he was calling you the B word. I assume the B word. Calling me a bitch. Telling me get the fuck out, Your Honor. I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse or not. If that's what he said, then yes. Okay, calling me a bitch. Get the fuck out of my house. Like, I don't fucking like you anyway. Like, just back to back to back to back to back. <laughs> Um, and at this point, I'm walking out, like, going through the door, like, leaving. I'm saying things, too. I'm not going to sit here and act like I didn't say anything back. I'm saying stuff back to him, too. But the initial start of the whole argument was him. Okay. Um, I assume that you were probably hurt by that. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I was hurt, 100%. Were you also becoming angry? I wasn't becoming angry until we got outside, and it started getting, like, a little bit more physical. That's mm. when I started getting angry. I'm more so was just like, let me just get my stuff and leave. And whatever if we're gonna call names we're gonna call names or whatever but like i didn't really get that upset until we got outside and it started to get a little bit physical so tell us about that physical interaction outside what led to you going from inside him cursing at you you cursing back to being outside so my whole point after i seen his phone was to leave so i'm walking out to leave so it's not like just like a I have to leave his room go through the living room and then go through the walkway so during this entire time he's yelling screaming in my face calling me this calling me that so once we get outside, I'm, I can't really, I'm going to be 100% honest. I can't remember exactly how everything went down. You guys have the footage, so I'm, I'm not sure exactly how everything played out. So did there come a point where it became physical to the point where you were physically hit by Mr. Rudolph or manhandled in some way? Correct. Um, and can you tell us if as a result of that, you were put on the ground? Correct. Uh-oh. Is that a yes? Yes. 
Um, how did that make you feel? Um, I was furious. Okay. And why? Because um, his brother's yelling, telling him to stop, chill. Like, he, he sees how erratic and how crazy he's acting over literally me leaving the, the house. So. Okay. So, oof. Well, this puts a new spin on things. But let's continue. Yeah, I started getting furious, and I started putting my hands back on him. So after being um, put on the ground by Mr. Rudolph, did there come a point, like you said, that you were physically hitting him back? Yeah. And were you hitting him back in response to things that he was saying? Not even things that he was saying. He was telling me to get my things out of his house. Like, he's like, get all, the, all that shit you bought, get it out of my house or whatever. So I'm trying to walk into the house to get my stuff, and he's, like, trying to block me. So the, I started hitting him, like, move. Like, let me get my stuff so I can go home. And you can even hear his brother saying, like, let her do get her stuff so she can leave. Like, leave. Like, telling me to leave at that point. All right. So I'm going to, uh, with this uh, court's Man, permission, listen. start publishing now States 32. All right. Yeah, man, listen. <laughs> listen, what do you, oh my gosh. Well, you know what they say, crazy women have the best, have the best stuff going, it's the best stuff going. So the device that's capturing um, what we're looking at on the screen right now, is that the front ring um, door camera? Yes. And is that you? Yes. And it looks like you're on your cell phone and uh, having a conversation. Was that with Mr. Rudolph or someone else? I'm not sure. Um, if you could tell your friend. No, I don't know who I was talking to. I'm gonna be honest. The question. Oh, does that refresh your recollection as to whether or not that's Mr. Rudolph on the other end of the phone? I I can't call if that's him or not. All right, let's go to the next clip, please. Yeah. So what has happened here? Why are you loitering in the front? I don't know. I think I'm waiting for him. I don't know. Okay, so you would have been ringing the doorbell or something? Yeah, I'm, I think I'm waiting for him to open the door. And at this point in the day, nothing has happened yet as far as this argument between the two of you that got physical, correct? No, nothing's happened. Listen, man, I'm, I'm just going to go out on the limb and say, you know what? Homeboy, it, homeboy it is exactly where he's at. There's no... We, who, who, I can't even... It's hard for me to feel sorry for the dude at this point, but let's, let's continue with this testimony. 
And I guess that's Travis opening the door. So it sounds like you were giving another woman some advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably on the phone with one of my homegirls and I'm talking to her and then, yeah. Okay. All right. So at some point the door is open and you said that was by Mr. Rudolph? Yeah. Yes. Okay, next question. Is that Mr. Rudolph? Yes. Um, that's us coming back from the liquor store. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Now, listen. I'll say this. For the most part, you call a woman a bitch, more than likely she can put hands on you. So, I'm going to go out on a limb and, and assume that he knew by calling her a bitch, he's going to get the... the the, the desired reaction out of her because for the most part you call the average woman a bitch she she gonna she gonna go after you yeah i said it and in this clip that we're watching um was that in direct response to him calling you a bitch correct okay if you could let it play oh 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 Uh, these two gentlemen who are in the frame right now, um, you caught them in movement, so it's a little blurry, but can you tell who's who? That's Daryl trying to hold Travis back. That's me trying to go in there and get the rest of my things. And that's Travis being erratic. So um, before this, if we could back it up a little bit to what happened on the lawn of the Rudolph residence with yourself and okay. Mr. Uh, Rudolph Travis. He slams me to the ground. And is that what you're talking about? His brother is trying to hold him back and pull him off. Correct. He's saying, I don't know if you have another clip. In another clip, he's saying, stop, like you're tripping. Keep going. That's what you're talking about, the stop. Yeah, that, that looks mm -hmm. pretty bad. That, yes. that looks bad. Because it, it did look like he's going to run up on her if, if homeboy didn't stop him. <laughs> Y'all going to stop doing this to these women. <laughs> Can we see the next video, please? Is that Daryl? Yes. Now tell us, are you still inside the Rudolph residence at this point? No. Continue. It looks like Mr. Rudolph just picked up a brick. What happened there with that brick? Do you remember ever having that in your possession? Um, I was throwing things that could have been in my possession. Um, after I got slammed, I got very, very, very upset. So that is something that could possibly have been in my possession. All right. Is one of the things that you threw his cell phone? Yes. That was way before all of this. So this was inside the residence? Correct. This is when I first went through the phone and everything. And in his room is when I threw the cell phone. Was this uh, throwing it at him as you're accusing him of the cheating or sometime after? No. I just knew there was videos and things like that of me and him and his phone. So I just threw it because I was like, I was done. Okay. You mean intimate videos? Yeah, I mean him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you could continue to play. All right, next clip, please. And thank you, Mr. Columbus. Pause it for me for a second. 
This argument that's happening now, that is not between you and Mr. Rudolph. No, I'm not there anymore. Okay, so you have left the residence. Um, yeah, like, I don't, who, I don't see the cars right there. Okay, and you had parked in the front of the residence, right? Yeah, I always park in the front of the residence. By this time, you've left. I left. Yeah, listen. I'm I'm start. I'm not feeling sorry for this dude. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Now, mind you, this is Mama House, y'all. This is his mama's house. Now, this interaction between um, Travis Rudolph and Daryl Rudolph was that out of the ordinary, as far as you could tell, between them, their relationship. Yeah. I don't know what's going on there. Okay. When you left the residence, was Daryl Rudolph, as far as you could tell, upset with Travis about what had happened with you? 100%. All he kept saying is, let that girl go home, leave her alone. And he was holding, like, Travis back the whole time. Yeah, I don't feel sorry for this dude at this point, y'all. I mean, honestly, it's, it's kind of hard for me to... I'm not excusing her behavior either, but it's his reaction to everything, you know? And again, you're not at the Rudolph residence. No, I don't. I don't know what's going on. I've never seen these videos. Could you go to the next clip, please? Can you pause this, please? All right. Who's the uh, young woman in this? Is that the mama? That's his mom, Linda. <laughs> Um, and the altercation that happened between you and Mr. Rudolph in the front of the residence, it had caused, I guess, whatever decorative lights were there to some of them came out of the ground? Probably. I'm not sure. All right. Um, and you, again, are not present at the residence when this happened? At all. Yeah, y'all bringing nonsense to the mama house. You can't be doing that. What do you mean? Okay. Back, go back, play the whole thing. Wait, wait, wait. Greg D. Stop, stop that. Little Mermaid was not terrible. Stop. It was a good movie. Stop that shit now. Now you... You don't mean that. It was a good. Okay, what was wrong, Little Mermaid, Greg Deep? What did you What didn't you like about L the Little Mermaid? It was a good movie. I will never tell y'all to go see a, a whack movie. It was good. <laughs> so you knocked over the the solar lights. So Mama's mad about that. I understand. Okay. Okay. Uh oh, okay. Here we go. Okay, this is what we this is what we came here for. Let's go. At this point in the night, when your brother and his friends make their way to Mr. Rudolph's residence, were you at Mr. Rudolph's residence? No. Where were you if you were um, anywhere um, near here? I was in Delray. So you were not in. Um, where is this Lake Park? This is Lake Park. So Delray is about thirty-five minutes away. All right, and um, if you could play. 
microphone. Um, do you see your brother in this frame? Yeah, he has the hoodie on. Okay, meaning the hoodie is up and over his head? Correct. Um, and you referred to um, Keyshawn, uh, is that the brother? Yes. Uh, and you said he's younger than you, is that correct? Yeah, he's 23. Uh-huh. Is uh, Keyshawn um, a, a person that runs around with a gang? <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but... Want to be heard? Uh, yes. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so what happened was they agreed to break up. He took her back to his mama house to get her stuff out of out of his mama's house. And he and that's when he called she he called her a bitch and she swung on him and then that's when it spilled out into the lawn. She tripped and fell. Right. So after she left, that's when she sent the goons over to send a message. That's how we got here. Miss, well, no, that was Miss Ellis asked about uh, rounding up the posse. Bruh, stop, stop. It's not a terrible movie. Stop that. Stop. No, you, we just agree to disagree. You No, that movie, there's nothing, there was nothing wrong with that movie like that. No, no, it wasn't. No, let's go. Let's go. No, I don't think it did. I think it started with Miss Ellis' question on direct. Um, but just so you know, that is correct. I'm sorry. You did say posse, exactly. All right, so go ahead. Direct quote, Judge, as Miss Perlet was uh, doing her cross examination, that I just said those words. But okay, I'll move on. Thank you. So, um, your brother, um, do you recognize the friends that he's with? Yes, he's been friends with them since eighth grade. And were you the kind of sister that was involved enough in your brother's life so that you would know his friends? Yes, we are close, all of us. Okay, so you were close with not just your brother, but who else can you see in this frame? Tyler, Sebastian, Chris was kind of um, like new to the, me personally. I wouldn't say to their friendship, yes, he was but to dude. me, he was kind of new. Yes. So your closest relationships, he obviously didn't stay your brother, inside dude's place. He and sure then Sebastian didn't. and Tyler. Correct. Exactly. Um, and on the day of this incident, you said they all knew about your surgery? Yes. Um, and did you at some point communicate with your brother about what had happened between you and Mr. Rudolph? Yes. Is that the reason they were there? Correct. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about some of the messages that were communicated and if we could stop this exhibit. This Here we go. Let's get to the messages when she sits, when she put out the hit on this dude. <laughs> Now, she was wrong for this, but at the end of the day, I still don't feel bad for this guy. He could have left this woman alone anytime he wanted so, to. Um, so, the jury's already seen some messages that came in through your brother where you were communicating with him something about shooting his shit up. Do you uh -oh. remember sending that message? Yeah, and, and I just want to clarify that if I can. Sure. Well, that's not the proper objection, but it is going to be a narrative, so you're going to have to I will ask a question. Thank you. <clears throat> tell the members of the jury what you meant. Okay, so... Sometimes you get very upset, and sometimes you say things that you really genuinely don't mean. And if I can go back in time and not say that, 100%, a million percent, I would. Because just like I love my brother, I love Travis as well at the time. And I would never want to see nothing bad happen to neither one of them. So it was a, it was a horrible, 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 horrible choice of words that I should have never said. And I take full accountability and full responsibility. Um, if the situation never happened, the words would have never meant anything. But since it did, it's like a stigma on me, kind of, because I said those words. Oh. But my adrenaline was just rushing because of the incident that just occurred. 
and I did make a wrong choice of words and I can stand up and I can say I do feel guilty about that and I wasn't correct about that. Oh, okay. Is she holding herself accountable? Okay. Let's let's continue. 100%. You think at any point after sending that message that your brother would actually shoot Travis? If you know. Overrule. So I can speak? Yes. Yeah. So, no, you're fine. So when I got to the house, Keyshawn was still there. I don't know if everyone knows that. And he did not bring his gun. So I knew for a fact that if you're not going to bring your gun, how are you going to shoot someone? Okay. And you knew your brother had a license to carry a firearm? Yes. And you said that you know he did not bring his gun. How did you know that? Because before I went, he literally, like, when I got there, he's like, you and Travis are tripping. Like, y'all y'all are doing too much. Like, you know how relationships are. Like, people can see out better than you can see in, if that makes sense. Sure. You get heated in a relationship and you do things in a relationship, but other people might look at it and be like, you guys are just overly reacting or you guys are overly tripping. So when I got there, his response to me was just like, you guys are tripping. Like, it's not this serious. Like, I'm about to just go over there and, like, holler at him because he uh -huh. felt like he had that relationship with him. Uh -huh. So his gun was on his chest drawer, which I've stated several times, and I've seen it before he left the house. Okay. Did your brother have any other firearms to your knowledge? No. Okay. So when he left the residence, was that the one in Delray? Correct. Your brother was not armed? No. Um, did you check on your brother throughout the night to see what had happened between him and Travis, if he actually talked to him? When I started calling, nobody was answering. So I'm on the phone, like, with one of my good friends, and I'm just like, they probably want to go see some girls or something. I'm never thinking in my brain at this moment in time that anything like this will happen because, like I said, I'm in a relationship with this person. I love this person. I would never do anything like this to his family. So... I'm just personally thinking like, okay, they probably talked and it's squashed out because it's hours after at this point. So I'm thinking like, it's just squashed at this point. All right. Um, if I may approach a witness with state 17, <clears throat> it's going to be an excerpt from her phone extraction, her okay, call list the for the relevant on, days, April uh, 6, 2021 through April 7, 2021. All right, let's get to it. She playing ghetto chess. <laughs> sure. This is, these are not the documents that we went through? Well, they are. All right. Very well. <clears throat> Okay, so they got a they got a sidebar. Hold on, let me speed this up. Both the messages. Prior to handing over your phone to law enforcement. Yes. So once I realized Travis actually shot at them, I deleted the message where I said shoot his shit up because now it looks uh -oh. ridiculous that this actually happened. And then I said that message. And were you upfront with the fact that you had deleted messages when asked? Yeah, I told her. You told the detective on the case? Yeah. And um, when were you asked to turn over your phone? Um, whenever they asked me. They asked me to turn it over, and I said, um, they asked me to turn it over, and I said, um, I think next day I turned it over. Okay. I'm not sure the exact day. It was a while ago. So it wasn't a situation where you're asked for the phone, and 10 days later you're turning it over? No. When they asked me for the phone, I gave them the phone. It was just a matter of getting to them because I lived far at the time. Did you ask a friend to take it for you to yeah. the so since I couldn't make it over there, I asked my friend to bring it. I gave it to her, and she brought it to the um, detective. And did your friend live closer to where the detectives were? Correct. Um, did you give consent for your phone to be downloaded and to be searched through? Yes. And they didn't have to obtain a search warrant to get into it? No. She asked me for my phone. I gave her my phone. Man, I get just, me I just search left warrant. That. Get, yeah, you got to come get now this. On that phone were several text threads with different people in Mr. Rudolph's family. Do you recall that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, I'm going to be approaching the witness with um, states 18, identified as um, Dominique and Daryl's text messages, Judge. I believe that's without objection. All right. State 18, with yes, no objection. Thank you. 
Thank you. Uh, states 19, text messages between Dominique and Tereni. Thank you. And states 21, messages between Dominique and Miss Linda. Okay, thank you. And I believe you gave me permission, Judge, to approach? I did, I did. Thank you. Okay, yes. Sure, so we can go through it. Prior to this. Okay. okay. So you called Miss Linda and then these messages. Correct. Okay. And that's an accurate reflection as far as you can recall of the interaction that you two had via text message. Correct. Okay. Thank you. Then the next set of messages identified as states uh, 19. Could you identify who you're communicating with in that text thread? Darny. And so that's Mr. Rudolph's sister. Mm -hmm. Is that a yes? Yes. Okay. And did you also call Tarani on the day of this incident um, to try to talk to her about what had happened between you and Mr. Rudolph? Yes. And are these text messages a result of what happened after that telephone call? Um, correct. So we spoke first, and then she sent me this first blue text message. And I just said, love, I don't have to say much. Okay. And I said, call my mom if you want to talk about anything else. All right. And does the conversation flow back and forth between the two of you? Mm-hmm. Is that a yes? yes? Okay. And that accurately, as far as you can recall, captures a text message conversation between you and Mr. Rudolph's sister. Correct. All right. Thank you. And finally, if you could identify who you're communicating with in this series of text messages. This is DJ. And DJ, again, is Mr. Rudolph's brother, Daryl. Mm-hmm. Is that a yes? Yes. Okay. And again, um, are these communications that you're having with Mr. Daryl Rudolph on the day of this incident? Yes. And um, to the best of your recollection, does this accurately reflect those communications between the two of you via text message? Right. All right. Thank you again. And permission to publish, Judge? You may. Well. Okay, here we go. I will publish each. Uh, it's three exhibits. They're not very lengthy. All right. Very well. Let me start first with um, States 21. Get to shoot his shit up. Get to that. That's all I care about. Shoot his Shooting his place up, his mama house up. And Miss Jones, there appears to only be two mes- messages in your communications with Miss Linda Rudolph that day. Um, is blue you or um, green you? Green is me. Okay, so then blue would be Miss uh, Rudolph. Correct. All right, and you're hearing from her. I don't know what up with you and Travis. I'm Uh-oh. not home. Uh-oh. I have not raised him to disrespect any woman. I love you like my own daughter. If he not doing right by you, moved on. I talk with him when I get home. You both are grown. I let you calm down and talk later with you. Do you recall receiving that message? All right. Did you call Miss Rudolph and threaten her? No. I would never do that. I never threatened her. Okay. And so this communication was you telling her about what had happened between you over the phone and she responding this way? Right. So did she threaten the mom? Let's go. Okay. And then your response, he picked the wrong one. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I'm going to say. What did you mean by that? I just met in the entire situation of him cheating and things like that. Like, I'm not the girl that's going to go for it. Like, we're done, basically, is what I meant. Okay. I wasn't threatened. I would never threaten her. She was like a mom to me, literally, as you can see in the message. Meaning that you respected her and you would never disrespect her? 100%. Overly respected her. Okay. Moving on to States 18, your communications. Actually, if I could go first to... Let's do 18, communications that you identified as between you and Daryl Rudolph. Again here, can you identify whether or not you are green or blue? I am green. 
All right. So the first message is green and it appears you say, listen, love, you don't want problem. Get your sister TF. What does that mean? The The fuck. fuck. Um, (laughs) Off my phone. You dead ass don't want problems with me. What is LMAO? Laughing my ass ass off. off. On my dead ass grandma, I really shake some shit. Stop it. What is going on there? I'm frustrated. I'm mad. Tyranny's threatening me. Talking about... (laughs) Let's go. My brothers are going to get killed. Like, I'm just frustrated and I'm upset and I'm mad. So I'm saying I stop. You can see, like, I just stopped texting. So I'm like, just trying to calm down from the whole situation. Even that's the same reason why I stopped texting his mom, because I'm not trying, like, we're family. You know what I mean? Family go through things. Like, I'm looking at it in that aspect. So like, yeah, sometimes you say things that you really don't mean and you don't mean it in that context. But like, at this point, I'm just really, really frustrated about everything that has happened and occurred. So then you get a response from Daryl. Damn that shit. This DJ. Is that what you called him? Yeah, DJ. Okay. Call my phone, Dominique. Um, Was that an encouragement to call you instead of texting? Correct. Um, And then the next message, I tried to stop y'all, Dominique. Why you ain't tell them the truth? Um, Them N-words dead ass wrong for pulling up at my mama crib trying to jump my little bro. Uh Uh-oh. Or brother. I just Uh want to emphasize jump. Okay. I don't need you. Well, there wasn't a question. Was there a question? I haven't asked one yet, George. All right, so ask a question, please. <laughs> Overruled. You know what? Untimed purpose, I like you said that. Listen to how crazy Ebonic sounds when when properly spoken with the pro- correct enunciation. It sounds like gibberish. But this is... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You had to translate the... <laughs> All right, let's continue. Keisha Splaney, that is funny. That is funny. She said on her dead-ass grandma, y'all. Go ahead. So um, was that a response that you received from DJ? Correct. Okay. And then he keeps uh, sending messages. Is that correct? Correct. I tried to... um, I'm sorry. I already read that one. So then the next one was my mama crib. Mm -hmm. My mama crib. Did you get the impression from these messages that Daryl was upset about the fact that any altercation had happened at Mrs. Rudolph's residence? Um, I got the impression that he understood what was going on from those messages you just read. All right. Then the next set of messages also from Daryl Rudolph. Is that correct? Correct. Um, the, I don't know who them N words is and what the, um, fuck you and Travis got going on, but I don't like how you got them N words to disrespect my mama crib. Uh-oh. Is that, what does that mean to you? My mama crib? Is he talking about the residency? The residency that they all live in. Okay. And then the other message, Dominique on some real N shit. Uh, forget what the fuck you and Travis got going on. I understand, but them N words, I swear on my life, they disrespected my mama crib. Uh-oh. Uh, fuck this shit. Uh-oh. Again, what are you understanding from these messages? That I'm- it's a communication, Judge. Sorry. It's a communication. It's what this witness is understanding like, from the communications. Overruled. You see how Ebonis got everybody all screwed up? The judge is like, what? What is going on? Defense attorney is like, what is, what is this? What is this? See how you, how parts of black culture just have no 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 need to be. Oh, let's go, let's go. Well, that's right. She can that's say what what how she say. interpreted the message that he sent to her. So that's yeah. what I asked, Judge, and that's what I was going to answer. Overruled. Go ahead. So, how did you interpret this message? Um, I basically interpreted. Basically, he was just saying like. Um, my brother came now I'm starting to understand who all came there because he's saying more than one person so I'm interpreting that more than one person had came to the Rudolph residence 
Now, at this point, to your knowledge, had a shooting occurred? Did you know that? Not at all. I I did not know a shooting occurred. I'm going to be 100% so honest with you. I even called Daryl when I was at the hospital because I'm not thinking that Travis shot them. So at 12.42 a.m. on the morning of April 7, 2021, when this message is coming to you from Daryl Rudolph, you were unaware of the fact that Sebastian had been shot, Tyler had been shot, any of that at all? Completely, because in the previous message it said jump, so I'm thinking maybe they got into a scruffle or whatever, but I'm not thinking anything with like gun violence happened at all. So just to be clear, what is a scruffle? I don't, I don't know. Maybe they got into an argument. Maybe I-, I think she meant scuffle, not scruffle. Scruffle is not a word. Scuffle is a word. I never heard of scruffle, but let's continue. I, I literally did not know, but I knew I sent him over there to talk, and I know how calm Keyshawn is, so I wasn't really him saying bringing all these niggas over. I started thinking like, what's going on? Okay, so uh, other people had came there. Okay, so what's going on? That's when I start trying to understand the messages a little bit more. Were you surprised that your brother went with his friends? They're always together. So it wasn't a shock that he went with other people? It wasn't a shock. It wasn't like a oh, gang up thing trying to, no, not at all. They're always together. Like they're always at the house together. They go places together. So no. All right. So at some point you uh, write back to Mr. Daryl Rudolph to stop writing me. I don't know what you're talking about. Please leave me alone. What? What says I didn't know what he was talking about. I'm confused. I don't know there's a shooting. I don't know that they got into a fist fight. I, I know how my brother is. He did not bring no gun. I'm not thinking that Travis is going to shoot a gun at him. So at this point, I don't know what he's talking about. I'm like, there's no point for us to argue. The only thing for us to do right now is both calm down and keep it like that. All right. So you get another response from Daryl Rudolph. Is that correct? Yes. And that's, no, nah, fuck that shit, bro. I saw you as a sister. Them Edwards came to my mama crib where I lay my head trying mm. to jump my little bro mm. in front of my mama. Fuck that shit. Mm. Um, question. What does jump my little bro mean? I guess fist fight. Is that a slang? Jump is, is a term used as fighting. Okay. And that is what you understood it to mean? Correct. Okay. Um, did Daryl also send another message? I would have done the same for my sister, but the way that situation was handled was wrong as fuck and know it them N-words about my mama and to it, it's a wrap. What, what did you take that to mean? I'm not really, I'm going to be so honest. I'm not really knowing what's going on. I'm reading these messages while he's typing them. And I'm just sitting here like, I'm trying to start putting, I'm on the phone with my friends. So I'm trying to start putting two and two together. I'm reading her the messages. I'm like, he's saying. You can't be this stupid. You knew, come on, when motherfuckers get shot, shot at, or shoot, do the shooting, you know. This bitch is lying, but let's continue. All this stuff, Daryl keeps texting me, things like that. I'm really not understanding until I get the message that Tyler's in the hospital. That's when things start. Clicking. Clicking for me a little bit. Now, what is Mr. Rudolph Daryl referring to here as I would have done the same for my sister? What, what is he talking about? Because he's seen how Travis slammed me on the ground twice and he was trying to stop him. So he's basically saying he would do the exact same thing that have some go see about the situation for his sister like anybody would. Mm. So you respond to Daryl Rudolph. Is that correct? Yes. Say, DJ, stop writing me. Nothing needs to be said between us anymore. I will never talk to y'all again. Before I got to my car, Travis slammed me twice, knowing I had just had surgery. I sat in his room and said to him, let me clear it before I ever put my hands on him. And you wasn't there at that point. My brothers are always, in capital letters, going to come see about me, same way you would for tyranny. At that point, it's out of my control. Uh What are you saying here? I'm saying that my brothers are going to come and they're going to see about the situation. That does not mean nothing physical. That does not mean anything violent. But the situation is going to be spoken about because I am his sister. Now, were you also comparing that to the relationship that the Rudolph brothers had with their sister? They've had plenty of 
disputes and they do the same thing. So let me just pause you there. Okay. Sure. You can approach. Feel free to stand up and stretch, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, stop this narrative that black men don't protect black women. Please stop this nonsense. It's a myth. Black men protect their women more than anybody at this point. Okay, let's get back to this spicy cross-examination. All right, um, is that a message you received from, um, in blue, that would indicate that it's Daryl Rudolph to you, correct? Okay, yeah, I can't see it though, so you have to read. All right, and didn't I just say, Dominique, that I understand why your brothers pulled up because you said you they sister, and I never said you or Travis was wrong or right, and when all of that went down, I was holding him back from y'all fighting, but them... Um, fuck and words for pulling up at my mama crib. Honestly, damn me and damn Travis. It's about my mama at this point. You're wrong as fuck if you're not seeing my point right now. Do you recall receiving that message? Correct. And did you respond? Like I said, it's out of my control. Once they heard I was slammed, it was a problem. It was nothing to do with your mom. It's about Travis. Travis don't have his own place. So they went to where he was. It was nothing to do with your mom. Like Travis said, tell them to pull up and they did. What do you mean, Travis said, tell them to pull up, and they did? Uh -oh. So when we're fighting, he's like, have your brothers pull up. Like, have them pull up, basically. But I'm thinking in my head already, it's 35 minutes for me to get home. He's not leaving until 35 minutes, so he's not getting there to an hour. So by the time that they even have a conversation, everyone's going to be calm, cool, collective, because it's a whole hour in between from the fight. So oh. the question was, what does pull up mean in that context? Pull up means in that context to pull. <laughs> the white judge is like, what does pull up mean? <laughs> he said, what does pull up mean? <laughs> this, is, this is sad. This is sad. To the house. So to drive or come to the house. Correct. Got it. Thank you. All right. At some point, do you also text Mr. Um, Rudolph uh, Daryl? Um, it says 2.27 a.m. So this is after the incident. Is that Correct. Right? You're going to jail. You killed someone? Yes. Did you mean that he personally was going to jail? Yes. All right. And then he responds, get the fuck off my phone. You sent them N-words over here to jump me at my house when my mother was here and I was trying to defuse the situation, whatever. Y'all got going on. Don't bring that shit to my house. I didn't ever do a fuck thing to you, Dominique, or anybody. I've been in my room minding my business. The fuck you mean? You kill. You're going to jail. Mm -hmm. Is that the end of Anisarias? Yes. Is that the end of your conversation with uh, Daryl that day? Correct. Okay. Um, no, I'm lying. I'm not lying, but no, that isn't the end of the conversation. I before there's a part missing. I called them before I sent that text message. Okay. Because I still did not understand that Travis shot at my brother. So you're trying to put everything together and figure out why he's sending these messages? Exactly. So I'm at the hospital right. I got a text message on Instagram from Tyler's on, chick, older brother slow. saying, Do you know what hospital you he's at? To figure out. So I'm still not thinking that Travis or any of them did anything to him. I'm thinking something might have happened because Lake Park is a dangerous city. So I'm thinking something might have happened or anything like that. So I'm like, no, what hospital is he at? He's like, he got shot. He's at St. Mary's. So I flew to St. Mary's Hospital and Tyler's mom was there and said, the um, like they got shot at. The car was shot up. Mom. And then once I got there, um, they told me when Tyler went into surgery, he said, make sure Keyshawn's okay. So then I started putting, I called Daryl, and I'm like, what? I was like, what? This woman is lying through her teeth, but let's continue. 
happened? Like, what's going on? Like, I'm so confused. Like, did they get, did somebody try to shoot at them? Like, I'm still not even accusing them of shooting at them. So that's before this last message. Right? That's before the last message where I said, you're going to jail, you killed somebody. So that's what you're saying, there's something missing, meaning that telephone conversation. Exactly. That telephone conversation obviously isn't there. So I called Daryl's number and I'm like, what's going on? Like, why? I'm, in, I'm at the hospital. Where's Keyshawn? Like, I don't know where anyone is. And Travis is just in the background, like, fuck that bitch, hang up on that bitch. Like, I don't give a f- Sustain. Judge, it's a party opponent. Sustain. All right. So at some point, um, are you actually at St. Mary's? Yes. Okay. And do you eventually get interviewed by law enforcement? Yes. Um, did you also find out that Sebastian had passed away? Yes. My little brother called me. He was crying. He said Sebastian passed away. At, at that point, were you having any conversations about the details of what had happened? Not necessarily. I, like, he was trying to rush... The car was so shot up that he couldn't drive to the hospital. It is a narrative question. Uh, I'm just trying to explain. So just myself. without no. explaining. Okay. Just answer just the question. Answer. See, see, bitch, just do what you told. <laughs> just when a white man guys come in. Come on, don't get the don't get the judge to tell you what to do now. Shit. The question Perfect. related to whether or not you spoke to your brother about all the details that had happened at that point. No. Okay. So at some later point is when you had that conversation. Correct. All right. Um, I want to talk briefly about um, marriage, okay? Have you ever been married? Yes, I have. Um, And was that to Mr. Rudolph? No. Was it to another man? Yes. Was Mr. Rudolph aware of your relationship with that other man? Correct. Not the marriage, but he he wasn't knowledgeable about the marriage, but he was knowledgeable about the relationship. Uh, And at the time you started the relationship with Mr. Rudolph... Were you and your, I guess, husband at the time still living together as a married couple? No, we were separated. I was at his house every day, every single second of the day. And if I wasn't there, I was at my own home. So So what happened between you and your husband? Had you been broken up? Yeah, we were legally separated. We are just separated. Right. So you weren't together in that relationship anymore. So this relationship with Mr. Rudolph was not, quote, cheating. No, I haven't spoken to him. And I haven't spoken to that man that I was married to until this incident happened. He- I haven't spoken to that man that I was married to until this incident. Oh, boy, boy. He reached out to me. All right. And at some point, you have become legally divorced? Yeah, I'm divorced. That was the plan from way back then. So before even Mr. Before even anything, it's just personally wasn't my business to tell or to expose to anybody else. You know what I mean? And I felt like I didn't need to. Whatever happened in the past is the past, and I don't need to bring that into new relationships. That's how I felt. Were you trying to deceive Mr. Rudolph by not telling him about the marriage that was now in shambles, essentially? No, there's there's no deception. You can look up a marriage. There's oh. no deception at all. Uh-oh. Have you ever been asked by Mr. Rudolph directly about any marriage? Policy legal objection. Overruled. Had you been asked about being married to the gentleman that he knew you were in a relationship with before him? No, he, no, I told him everything about the relationship, but no, I never told him I was married, but he never asked. All right. And you are clear. You and that gentleman were no longer in a romantic sexual relationship at all for two years, way prior to me and Travis. One moment, judge. Yeah. Brian Patterson, you call the green card, green card marriage. You may have a moment. That's an evil looking woman. That woman has no good intentions in her. No, no good faith in her. This is a, this is a, 
this is a woman you stay away from. Like you hit her a couple times and then you, you leave her alone. Like get the fuck away from her. You know, this is the one, this is the one you use a condom with. You use a condom with this one. Could you imagine having a kid with this chick? During your interaction with Daryl Rudolph on the day of this incident, the text messages that we saw and your phone conversation, did he ever tell you about um, your brother or anyone else pulling guns on him? It's relevant hearsay, and it's not well, hearsay. It is hearsay, and um, you're going to have to uh, come up on this. I'll tell you what. Um, no, let's approach. I want to finish direct examination, folks, before I let you go. Okay, so let's let's see where we go from here. All right, let's see. Okay. I said hearsay. Travis was the main person talking. All right. I'm responding because right. Travis. Oh, was stop, Ms. Jones. All right. Um, just answer the question. Did he appear to you to be upset? Travis, Daryl wasn't talking. Travis was the one talking. See, see, bitch, that's not what he. Now nah, I'm getting upset. No, different. Did Daryl say any words to you? It As was, you were asking him, what is going on? They're both yelling at the same time, but the person that I'm hearing is Travis. Okay. So if you could stop for me. You said they're both yelling. Is one of the persons, Daryl, that's yelling? Um, I can't really recall. Okay. Whom did you call? I called Daryl's phone because... Not the because, just who did you call? Daryl. Okay. See? And as you said, you called Daryl. There's yelling in the background. Okay. I, I, let me go on a little rant. Ain't this just like talking to a woman? Dare I say a black woman? Like they never answer the question directly. Just answer what I ask. Yeah. To identify Mr. Rudolph's voice. What about Daryl Rudolph? He's there. I just don't recall if he's upset, if he's angry. I, I think he is angry saying like, oh, you have them pull up to my mama's house. And like they were saying something like that, dreadhead, nigga, like stuff like that. So just so we're clear, did you delete any messages between you and Daryl Rudolph that had anything to do with any firearms? No. Did you ever receive any messages from Daryl Rudolph as he was angrily sending you those texts about a firearm? No. Um, the messages with tyranny, um, those are already in evidence. We did not go through them, but were those also angry messages? Yes. And what was the substance of the messages? Anyone pull up to her um, mom's house is going to die. Okay. And did you interpret that as a threat? I interpret it as a threat, but I feel like people say things when they're angry, so I didn't take it literal. So you did not think your brother was going to die if he went over? No, I didn't. Like, I, she just invited him to the wedding. I'm thinking it's just, I don't know, I didn't take that literal. All right, one moment. No further questions. All right. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a long day, so we're going to take a, a break for the night. Um, uh, I have to thank Judge Weiss on the record. Holy cow. I, I believe they're on day four of this trial. Yeah, I believe they're on day four at, uh, of this trial so far. I, I, I. Yeah, this guy's. Now, should they have charged him with first degree murder? I, I, I think he's overcharged. Because if I'm on the jury, I think I say he's guilty of manslaughter. Involuntary manslaughter, maybe second degree murder, but not a first degree murder. I think this was an overcharge. I don't know why they thought first degree murder was the appropriate charge, but we'll see. Well, it's day four of, of the trial, so I'm going to get out of here. It's late. I got to eat. Um, Travis Rudolph shouldn't have taken a gunfight 
outside the home. Have the gunfight inside the home. There was. Okay, I, I gotta go. Y'all, y'all have a good night. <laughs>